are watching on YouTube can uh, just post it in the comments and we can bring them into the screen and you can uh, chat with us. So hello everyone. Everyone doing good? Cheers. Yes, all things considered. <laughs> nice one. Oh yeah. Yeah. So um, um, what's everybody up to at the moment? Busy. Well, you've got yeah. a name to live up to, haven't you? You, you know, you're always yeah. busy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, that took me way too long to process that one. <laughs> I didn't even get that. Yeah. <laughs> what, what, uh, you, but you're not allowed to talk about anything, presumably. It's all... Uh... Yeah, no, I can talk about whatever you want. <laughs> well, yeah. What do you want to know? But busy, I'm presumably busy on busy biscuits on new on newness. Um, hopefully, uh, well, not hopefully, but are you? Oh, well, on like new stuff coming yeah. out. Is it? Is oh, it no, new? I can't talk it... about that. Oh, that's right. Oh. <laughs> there, there you go. I'll talk about anything you like. Just not that. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, we don't. Well, we have the we have the new boss bow tie coming out uh, in the next mm. few days, but that's kind of been announced. But then we didn't announce it because we, they all got delivered, and there was a problem with them all. But that's yeah. been fixed now. So, okay. what do you do when there's a problem with them all? Uh, well, you have nice people you work with that then offer to sort it all out and don't complain and do it all very kindly. So when that's you say basically what happened. With them all, how many is all? Oh, it was only like a small run. Okay. It's only like, only like, you know, like a hundred. So, it's, it's, yeah. It's, it's only like... Totally, man. It's fascinating yeah. for me to understand like how these products are actually made um because you know i i love the fact that with so many of, of these boxes in the modular universe you can literally write to the person who's made it and get a response and it's just it i think for a lot of people who use it myself included that's one of the major draws is that it feels like you're involved and yeah. uh when you make yeah, the modules sure. one of the major drawbacks is that people can contact you directly <laughs> <laughs> yeah i can see that too no no yeah, no, 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 no 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 it's great you know <laughs> Noted. Yeah. Uh, i'm glad we're chatting now because i thought you won't be getting any emails from me about like all the <laughs> yeah have you have, you might have well emailed no we're, not, we're pretty good though we're normally yeah. we are pretty good you are good i had an issue with something and you guys were great oh thank you no cool yeah, we do put really a lot good. of effort into that you know well, um, so how many people um how many people is alm busy circuits uh, matthew well there's basically two of us full time well, three really. That we just there's 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 two of us here in the workshop. There's another guy over in the US who was part time, but is now full time. Oh. And then um, there's uh, like uh, a couple of people that would do like part time. Um, but and then we use like a like there's like a couple of different factories we use to do all the manufacturing and whatnot. Um, and yeah, you know, it's just it's been hectic. Uh, recently because of all the covid stuff and 
uh, just like distancing. So Theo, who I work with, we've like been having to kind of like share the office and, you know, and he's been taking stuff home to do, but it's not the sort of work that you can, you know. Right. Uh, so that's been, you know, and then we got really busy because it seems like, you know, I guess people, uh, you know, aren't spending money on going out or whatever. So they're like, I'll oh, spend it on synthesizer modules, right. which is great, but I didn't sort of totally expect that. So we're kind of, you know, running at kind of like, uh, I don't know, like two thirds capacity and then, you know, really busy. And also this time of the year, we're not really that busy normally. You know, it's normally sort of quite a quiet time. Yeah. Mm. Um, mm. And oh then <laughs> somebody commenting, really busy circuits. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, but I guess that must be frustrating to have um, uh, to know that all of a sudden you're kind of running uh, a race, um, but only at half capacity, and there's like twice the demand for everything that you're doing. That, that must be yeah, yeah. But I can't complain, you know. I, I and and I kind of like that. I must admit, I like the challenge, and you know, it's I can't complain at all. You know, I'm fortunate, really. You know, it's it's you can you have know. a quick groan. I mean, well. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's not that bad I've, you know there's it's been just, you know, there's I, been times in my life where i've worked a lot harder you know for a lot less um uh you know um enjoyment and whatnot you know i do i love it so i can't you know i'm lucky you know well we're happy to have you and i, I was only saying that just because i miss england i miss having a, a good moan they don't do the don't do it the same way in America. They don't know. They don't, the, they don't know the satisfaction of having a good, good old moan. <laughs> yeah, they just yeah. don't know that can vent for an English person or maybe Europeans in general. Actually, I think we we all have that in common. We quite like a good one. <laughs> yeah, like to build people up and then knock them down. <laughs> totally. Oh man. Uh, yeah, so you're busy. What about you, Colin? Yeah, it's been um, uh, it's been dynamic days. You've been <laughs> rocking, man. Way. You have been killing. I've been loving oh, watching nice. you do your stuff. Awesome. I think Thank you've you. been uh, you've been you've spent more time on screen um, yeah. than off screen these days, I guess. Oh man, it's like these past. Um, mm-hmm. uh, like I think last week was the first time that I actually really left the house and it was only to go to a different studio so this weekend was the first time where i really wasn't making any music whatsoever and it felt weird like i was just walking around the house and going outside like okay so am i not supposed to be doing something right now and i it's um uh kind of when this entire rona thing uh started happening uh i had this one week of oh my god i don't know what i'm gonna do because all of a sudden calendars cleared out and everything and what is it three months later right now i don't know i think i've recorded over 200 hours of music something like that and it's just been these days have been absolutely ridiculous it's um so do 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 you um do you have any plans for everything or do you just make up plans on the go because you've been creating and generating so much stuff in the last uh, yeah. you know ah. um well kind of uh, kind of a combination of both like um i started making plans with everything that i was doing while i was doing them (laughs) i guess so it's um uh i didn't really had um well i had something like a vague idea before all of this started and that was that i wanted to 
uh, rely less on live performing and find a way how to capture um, what I was doing live on actual recordings. And my biggest problem with that all the time was that I didn't really have the time to sit down and record some stuff and to really see how to do all that. Well, that problem got solved. <laughs> and all of a sudden, I got all the time in the world and um, nothing else to do except for jam with this instrument, record everything, and see uh, what that ended up sounding like. And... Um, well, yeah, as time went by and I started doing more recordings, plans surrounding those recordings uh, uh, also kind of started popping up, where uh, my biggest issue has always been that I do not want to write songs and I don't want to do an album and then tour with that album for like three, four years or whatever and then make another one because I've always felt like I want to make something today and have that be relevant for as long as I feel it and then make something else tomorrow, you know? And that just doesn't really work with the traditional album format. So it was always like either I release nothing at all or I have to do everything. And now I've kind of found a way to do everything, I guess. So um, uh, what I'm setting up right now is just last week, we um, 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 a friend of mine made up the name for a record label I'm starting. Uh, which is going to be His and Hertz Records. <laughs> I'm super excited about that one. And then um, uh, the idea is to start releasing um, a lot of these jams uh, that I've been doing over these past couple of weeks uh, on vinyl format mostly. Um, just kind of collecting things together and seeing what fits and just doing everything on a uh, on a nonstop flow. And that's what I'm working towards right now. So, um, so is that in a sense a way to uh, capture improvisation um, and and still be able to work on it afterwards? That's basically what you're you've been doing, right? More or less, yeah. It's like um, uh, over the past years, I have um, uh, I've always been playing based on this improvisation uh, kind of way of songwriting. Well, it's not really songwriting, but it's, it's it really is just making everything in the life flow of things. And that has been both in the studio as it was on stage. So I never really had tracks when I started playing. And um, uh, well, now I finally have recordings of all that. And um, well, my whole reasoning with releasing, releasing these recordings is that in order to really uh, capture the essence of the whole scope of things that I'm working on, I have to give all of it a proper place and i cannot just go and say like, okay so this is going to be kind of like the sum up or the summary of my work because that is not one album worth of material it's um yeah i've i've i've, I've really been doing or making too many different things for that so i am kind of looking for a way how i can um uh keep the things that i am gonna be releasing with this uh, uh, always kind of relevant to what I'm doing uh, right now and in order to do that it's more gonna be kind of like diary entries rather than um, mm. uh, a single landmark and then move on it's mm. uh, don't know if that makes sense at all but it's um, yeah uh, it, it makes right. it makes <laughs> sense that's that's the, the quite similar to the approach that I'm taking with uh, the store project you know it's, nice. um, yeah. It's basically an ongoing audio documentary rather than um, setting uh, a moment in the future where your yeah. album will be released, you know? So yeah. you have basically this whole road 
leading up towards the release. And then you get you get you get one shot, you know, you get one yeah. uh, moment where everything is released, and then and then it's um, you go back into the vacuum basically afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> and and um, you know by by making a series which is just uh, added to every time something new is ready, um, yeah. it's kind of kind of like an evolving, yeah, uh, exactly, developing project rather than. Yeah. Um, and it's it's always relevant, always new, always current. Yeah, you know, that's another, yeah that makes that a lot of sense. And that's what I yeah. really, really loved about your series in that sense. And was like, um, yeah, of, um, how do I put that? When um, 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 the thing that I um, uh, that I noticed immediately when I started releasing records previously is that you end up with this pile of songs. And by the time they're released, you have... Kind you're of, tired of them. Yeah, you're completely tired of them. Like you've played them like a, a, a hundred or a thousand times to really get everything perfect in in its right format, and uh, it's um, every show you do, you have to play those same exact things, and it's um, uh, it just doesn't feel real anymore. It doesn't feel like uh, I'm actually doing what is relevant to me as a creator at that moment. It feels like I'm kind of looking back on something I did some time ago, you know. And that's um, and um, I don't know. It kind of felt like I want to do something that um, uh, that feels relevant for me um, uh, all the time. Whenever I am in the moment of making something, and that's the stuff that I want to be spending my time on. And uh, that's what I really, really loved about this uh, about the store series uh, uh, that you've been doing is how. Um, I mean, just the other day, like uh, we played together like uh, three, four weeks ago, right? Uh, mm -hmm. was something like that and yeah. I just um, uh, like the next day it kind of hit me like you've been doing sessions like these with so many different artists over the past couple of years and I was just going like wow okay so you've really learned to adapt to so many different um, uh, musicians and styles of playing and I've, uh, and I've done so many different exper uh, experiments while still really uh, maintaining your character in it but still leaving a lot of room for the person you're playing with that's um that's so much more for me what music is about than just uh, polishing a product and uh, attaching it to a, a sappy story and then having your marketing department <laughs> float that around the world and hope that you get some bookings with it it's um um it 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 feels more like music to me and that's um um yeah that, yeah i that's guess that's what, what every I guess that's what every solo musician is um, uh, dealing with, you know, like, uh, I mean, like Jamie, for example, when you do an album, you know, you have the pressure is only on you and, and no, no one else, you know, you basically you, you have to uh, uh, come up with a concept. What is the range this album is going to span or this project or whatever. And um, you set yourself some some rules, I guess, or make a frame which, in which you you maneuver or you know and um uh yeah how how do you solve that i mean because you, you're working with modular as well obviously like we can see that behind yeah. you um, yeah yeah lovely out of focus with your fancy <laughs> camera yeah. you you make uh, everyone else look like here, an amateur look. Like, in focus. oh wow <laughs> <laughs> yeah. no, look at that, that. Mm. yeah no um but yeah, yeah, I mean, the, I mean the you're right. Thing, I mean, the, mm. the whole, yeah, the, sorry, but the whole approach with modular is um, you can make it do things in, in a structured way, but you will always end up with things that are that that are you are basically having a conversation with the instrument, right? So you have this 
this improvisation how do you deal yeah. with capturing that and and um, um, use that in your yeah yeah that's I mean I think that's what I've learned from my limited experience with modular um, it feels as much to do with editing as it hmm. it does making which is a fine skill to to learn I mean and in that regard a lot of the great Miles Davis a lot of the great jazz records because when I'm hearing all this talk it sounds like jazz you know in the best <laughs> possible way in a great mm -hmm. way where I'm like right. yeah because I, I I love jazz that's my I mean that's the musical form I feel most closely affiliated with as an improvised musician I used to right go on. on stage all the time with my looper back in the day with nothing on my mind, much like you, Colin. I, I hit the stage with no pre-prepared material whatsoever. Right. And yeah. just get through it just with my voice and, and just hang awesome. in there. Yeah. And yeah, and it's a hell of a rush. And it's like sometimes you fall on your face and sometimes you just hit a wave and you're rocking, right? Mm -hmm. But it's live. No one can deny that it's a visceral moment. And I always remember playing... A show I was doing these shows with the London Symphony Theatre and it was a big deal and it was like Square Pusher and a bunch of really crazy artists all on this chair on the stage and I I had like eight minutes <laughs> by the time like all of the other artists had their time you know allotted slots I had eight minutes and I, I was trying I was just really trying to get some something going you know and uh, I just remember starting something and just falling flat on my face in front of this big audience in the festival hall or whatever. Yeah. And But I was just like, oh, fuck it, I'm just going to get back on this. And then the spirit of them seeing me fall so brutally, but then sort of just kind of, just regardless of that, just kind of carrying on was just an amazing moment. And the crowd right. was like, yeah, there's so much more into it. Right. Do you know what I mean, yeah. I always remember that back in the day watching Jeff Mills and stuff. Like he had the records, yeah, yeah. and it's when they're out and he was moving so quick with the three decks, or whatever. That stuff was right. just like he's fighting it to get it in. It wasn't perfect at all, and that's what you want. Yeah. You yeah, want to you, you want to see yeah. you want to see the problem that they're facing, <clears> and then when they get through it, you're with them. And, yeah. and then when they they conquer it, you're like, yeah, there's a risk, you know. <laughs> exactly. Like, if you're really pro and the whole show is like seamless and stuff, that's cool. That's, I mean, for some people, they really need that. They need that security. They need a plan, a heavy, heavy plan. Yeah. Uh, I'm definitely not like that. And and yeah, sure. I suppose I'm way off the question here, but um, about albums. I mean, sure. I've been having a hard time justifying making albums. Uh, and and certainly, I mean, I'm 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 kind of re-finding my love of Raymond Scott, and you know, for me, mm. a lot of that music is like when I think of synthesizer music, really modular music. Like uh, I just love, <laughs> I just love that tone, and I love that musicality, and I love the idea that these machines can just bring. I don't know, they can bring such a, a beautiful sound and I think a lot of it is to do with tape. And I was gonna this is my this is gonna be my point. I'm getting to my point here. And like <laughs> the if you use, I found, a reel to reel machine to record your modular, then eventually the tape runs out. So in a way you've got your 
timer. You've got your mm. sa- your sand is running down because that loop, that tape's going to run out. Yep. And then what you've got to do is rewind the tape, and then you've got to become the audience, and you listen to what you've done as it's playing back from the tape. And you can you just have to listen. Because on the computer, you kind of don't. It's there, and you can jump around, and yeah, you're you not in it. Yeah, things quicker. Yeah, yeah you don't I, actually I like have that. to listen. You can just p- jump around, needle drop the whole thing. Yeah. Oh, no, 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 this bit was cool. This is a good texture. And it's dangerous that because there's some beautiful evolution yeah. that can happen in a moment. And just because you skipped to it and you didn't quite love the tone, you might have missed the, the story leading up to that. So yeah. I think that's something I've learned and I, I would like to continue is to use Reel to Reel partly because of the, my love of Raymond Scott and that tone that imparts to modular stuff. I think it's a great marriage. And also sense. just that that so much of making music on a modular is editing at least for me that's a it's a good yeah. point it's a good one jamie because in the last few talks every this this um uh topic uh, you know pops up every time you know how musicians right. uh, restrict yeah. themselves you know <laughs> yeah. not yeah. to to make sure you don't get lost in in the infinite yeah possibilities especially um, with modular yeah. you know i mean yeah. It's, it's yeah. Like, yeah no but that's the one thing like the um, uh editing with modular somehow those two that uh, it, horrible, it, it, it drives me mad like i've 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 made it a point to try and have the track done by the by the time i'm done playing just so i don't have to start editing yeah, the damn thing because that's, that great. Just, that's great oh man i love that um, i mean yeah, yeah you've really got that down this is just like yeah, it's an improvised well, piece and you can look at it more in a Sun Ra kind of way of like, you hit record, there's nothing take wrong. Take it or leave it. You can't right, do yeah. anything wrong. Yeah. All you can do is have a bad intention and not support the idea. That's doing something wrong. But yeah. the music can't go wrong so long as you're there, you're present. Yeah, that makes sense. And it's, it's actually, that's one of those things, like right now I'm actually, I'm, I'm, I'm trying, like every day I am now opening up my my setup uh, and I'm looking staring at these stems and going like oh I could try and make an edit and then I find out that nothing <laughs> uh, uh, oh, wow. uh, nothing pans out and filters just glitching in positions and everything and just it always yeah. ends up sounding worse than where I started and um, but it's still one of those things like I, I feel like I have to at least be able to do it just so I can make like a, a good solid decision. Like, no, I'll, I, I'll, I prefer the original, but um, I am finding out more and more that I actually suck at editing and I'm way too ADD to actually give it a solid try. So I, I, I just move away from it all the time. But, um, but at the same time, I do like what you're saying about the real to real thing where it forces you to listen by the time the tape is done. Um, because I mean, if you that have is a three head machine that's not necessarily true because you could be <laughs> true, spooling yeah. it off the other head i suppose the key is don't do that because right. <laughs> i had a cool cool engineer i worked with in france and uh he had his pro tools rig and he had his old school like studer remote mm-hmm. and instead of just jumping back to the position in the song to mix he'd like rewind essentially pro tools <laughs> Right. Okay. Like, and the length of time it would have taken for a tape to rewind. And oh, I really? Said, what the hell are you doing that for? He goes, I got to think. Like, what did I do <laughs> wrong in that last pass? What did I not like about that? You know? And right. I can't do that if I just jump to that other position. It's too quick. Yeah. Sometimes I think the speed of the computer can actually be a hindrance. 
you that want, makes total sense. you need to, ha- you know, it's the equivalent of getting up from your station and having a walk. Yeah, it's like mm. that's not to be undervalued. It's not, it's not losing focus. It's actually yeah. adding to the um, longevity of your creative mind. And so, similarly, if you've got a, an opportunity to, yeah, anything that can maybe, maybe in the case of edits, it can be like I'm going to make four edits. And then I'm going to leave this, or you know, yeah. some weird rules or something. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So you just, just have like, if you are ADD, and I think people yeah. who are drawn to modular are kind of insane. So like, <laughs> we're liable to have these things. So maybe we need rules. You know, mm-hmm. like I'm only allowed to spend half an hour on this. Yeah. And then I've, I'm going to actually just do something else. I have to do something else. Yeah. Then you just kind of go. I, I won't. Like go crazy it's only half an hour of my life what's the worst thing can happen doesn't work no biggie but anyway yeah slaving over something which is um, you know polishing a third is never dirt is never gonna it's never gonna work you know like take spending too much time you know making endless change tiny tiny variations on the same thing is not gonna help you make uh, something amazing uh, yeah. By the way, Matthew is waving. At oh no, I was just waving at someone in the. <laughs> okay. Anyway, there was yeah. in the chat. Sorry. So my own little world then. Oh, you make, do you make music as well, Matthew? Do you make, uh, do you make stuff? I try. I d- <laughs> uh, no, I, no. I'll take you out of the way. Sorry. <laughs> oh no. Um, yeah, no, no, definitely. No, I love making music. I, whether it's any good or not, I, you know, it's not. I, I'm never really that happy with it. I think I'm much better at making modules. But no, I do. Were you a raver back in the day? Uh, yeah, yeah, a little bit. <laughs> I, so, uh, um, so I'm sort of mid 40s. So I guess I kind of, yeah, I grew up with like Weverell and, uh, uh, you know, like Balearic stuff. And then we all discovered yeah. techno and, you yeah. know, and then uh, I went to I went to university no, in Bristol, and that so in Bristol. Did I. So did I? Oh, really? Yeah. What year? So, so I must have been like ninety three to ninety five, I guess, around yeah, about then. Same, same here. Ninety yeah. five. Um, and what did what did you do? What did you study? Like, what did you uh, do in music? Physics, or? I did physics. I, I know I did physics as well. I did, yeah, I did physics, but then I changed. So we might have been on the same course. Yeah, I, did, I changed to philosophy because I didn't like physics. Oh, I didn't like physics. I did really badly. I it totally, was terrible. I got, uh, they taught it so badly. I just hated it. So yeah. I just went to philosophy. Plus, I was smoking so much weed. I couldn't concentrate yeah, no, on that I'm, shit. I'm, I just wanted yeah. to think and, like, pretend I knew shit. So philosophy was way better for me. <laughs> no, They would actually was... humour me as I went on rounds. Yeah, but we were there. So you were probably at Lakota with me, like... <laughs> Yeah, we used to go to Lakota and the one on the boat and yeah, down Fekla. the watershed. Yeah, the Fetcler. I saw, I think I saw Tekra at the Fetcler. I saw, and Bandulu. I remember seeing Bandulu. We were oh, smoking man. with them out the back. That was cool. Yeah. Do you remember Sean? Do you remember Cliffy and all of those guys? Oh, I mean, it's supposed to be a different world, but anyway, yeah. Amazing, man. We were in Bristol the same exactly Yeah, the I used to have. Time. I used to have Portishead's old mixing desk, supposedly, because oh, that's when I first got yeah. into it. Well, it was sort of before university that i got into sort of like you know simps and stuff but wow yeah i didn't do very well at i didn't do very well at university i you know i was like i was like smart at school and stuff and i could sort of get away without doing much work and still do well but that didn't work at university and i didn't do yeah 
I'm, it didn't I'm do very surprised. well. I found it overwhelming because I came mm. in and I was way out of my de- over my head. And that first year of physics, I was like, "This is too crazy for me, man." But yeah, so but how, look, how did, but now you're doing I, practical shit. Like, how yeah, many people? How you know, you you're really it, using it. Um, so, how did I get into it? Well, I've always yeah. had like a technical background, I guess. And well, I just when did sort you of fall in love with sims. Oh, with sims when I was about yeah. sort of. 18, 19, I spent, I worked all summer and bought a, I had a 106 first of all, and then I sold that and got a W30 because I wanted a sampler. And a W30 Prodigy. was all, a, all I could yeah. afford, yeah, yeah. Man, and then my, yeah. I had I had some other bits and pieces and it, you know, it never sort of like got anywhere. And then after university, I was like, I've got to sort myself out because it was like the first in my family to go to university. And I just, I didn't, you know, I'd really sort of let myself down and, I kind of just went like on a totally different direction for a good 15 years, worked really hard. Uh, you know, wow. I, had an, I had another company which did well and stuff. And then I took a, a which was more like software based. And then maybe about just over sort of 10 years ago, I took a bit of a break from that and I just got totally back into Simpson. It was different because I, I had a little bit, a, a little bit more money to spend and whatnot. So you know, I could, you know, I could get all the things that I sort of dreamt of getting when I was a lot younger. Right. And then I, and then I was like, I was, I, I got like a dot for system and I was like, Oh, these don't look that complicated. Like I had a little bit of electronics <laughs> knowledge and whatnot. And, uh, <laughs> and, um, I made like a, I made like a, uh, like a little sort of standalone one oh one sequencer kind of thing. And at the right. same time I made like a, like a, it's like an early version of Pamela. And I went down to one of the, the, I think it was the first Brighton Modular meets. This was maybe like eight, nine years ago. And uh, I was showing people what I'd made. Like, oh, look what I've done. You know, this 101 sequencer. And nobody was into the 101 sequencer. Everyone was into this, this clock, which wasn't even called Pamela <laughs> then. And uh, I was like, oh, this, you know, I'll, I'll give it a go. I'll make, I'll, I figured out like how I could get like 50 made. And I thought, well, as long as I sell like half of them, I'll be all right, you know, I'll cover myself. Wow. And I can remember driving home from the factory, like the first one, like total buzz, you know, like really, because it was nice. something physical. And then I think they sold out in like the first week. And, you know, uh, first sort of few years, it was kind of like a little side project, but now it's like full on, awesome. you know, it's like proper, you know, proper business. Mm. Yeah. And I love it, Amazing. you know, I really do love it, you know. Yeah. Well, it's it's like, shows, you see, you it see shows. a fam in, in most, in most recce rec- yeah. encounter, there's always a fam somewhere, you know. Yeah, that's yeah, what I was yeah, just thinking. Yeah. Like, the Pamela really has become... Uh, I don't personally have it, but apart from that, I know everyone that I know has the Pamela as one of their staple modules, basically, mm. to clock everything with. It's, um, yeah, no, the, um, the, the, the Pam's cool. And we just did, a, we just did like, an, an update. It was, it's, like, it's been in, like, this state of status where yeah. it was basically full up. There was no more room to put in, and I've done all this crazy stuff to kind of fit more stuff in it, and yeah. then uh, and it's been like that for maybe like two years, like nothing new, and then I just stumbled on this thing. It's like a complete fluke, and it freed up like twenty percent of the space. Oh wow! And it was like I was like I thought I dreamt it, so <laughs> we so I added like the quantizer to it, which has come now, and then there's a there's going to be another update in a few weeks nice. time with some other new stuff. So yeah. that's really yeah. cool. You know, that's we can incredible. keep keep it going. Yeah. I was just looking yeah. actually, and there is one. Um, um, there's one module you guys made uh, that is um, 
actually in each and every patch that I make, and it's probably one of the most important modules in my entire set, but that's the Beast Chalkboard. Yeah, the Beast is... <laughs> just basically just having those two precision adders, the two Octavers, uh, is... Um, yeah, I love the precision adders. Man. Oh, man, it's, um, it's, it's the stuff like that that just finds its way in, in everything all the time. That's... Um, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, 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 cool. Maybe we should talk yeah, about this, um, the, the coupe, is that how you pronounce it? Now? Yeah, the coupe, like a, like a car, yeah, like a, right, yeah, right, like a two-seater sports car. Yeah. <laughs> I like <laughs> two cars too. Car. So that's how you would describe it, the two-seater sports car. Yeah, it's like a, an all-in-one machine kind of uh, approach. Yeah, yeah. And, and I guess we wanted to do like... Uh, a starter you know, kit or something. Yeah, but we wanted to do something a bit more different to what was that? Well, I guess everyone would say that, but I guess I wanted more sort of like, we wanted to do a complete system because we had enough stuff, but I wanted to do something that kind of took a more kind of like modern approach rather than it sort of being totally bleepy bloppy. You know, it's got the, and, and, and quite kind of like self-contained with the with squid and then a lot of stuff, the squid, the sampler module, then with like the, the PAM and the mega slope to do sequencing and... And then like a VCO and a, a VCF, so you've got everything there, but it's kind of immediate, but it, it still takes kind of a little bit of playing around. You know, this it's quite flexible, but not in kind of the most kind of like obvious way, I guess. I don't know. I don't know. It wasn't, it was like, it was, it was kind of like a set of modules that we'd been playing around with. And we were like, yeah, these work really well together, you know, and it can be kind of like reasonably affordable. You know, we wanted to get it like as affordable as we could. That's the sort of sucky thing about modular is it's, really expensive you know and i think that's kind of really limits its it's it's uh you know reach i guess yeah but right. you know and it, there's not Unless much you can do about that yeah <laughs> so yeah. i'm i'm always wondering you know when when um when i'm behind my modular there's always a moment when i think ah oh, i should really have a module that does this and i don't have it you know and um, <laughs> then i go on on um, modular grid and voila somebody's already had the idea um how do you decide with so many choices and so many things already out there what your new um thing is going to be i normally go on my module as well and i'm like oh i wish i had something that did this then oh, right, i could yeah, make yeah. that track <laughs> then then it yeah. would happen yeah. and then i spend the next six months year making it and then uh, no yeah, you know, it's the same thing. I'm just sort of anything. It's it's to like, it's definitely like a need of things that I would like that I don't see, and then I'm trying to do things that aren't maybe that obvious or something that's done in kind of like a different way. You know, like I guess we kind of have sort of staples like uh, things like the beast or like the tangle, which are kind mm -hmm. of like just kind of like basic things like uh, staples, I guess. But they're done in kind of like a nice kind of a nice kind of way, hopefully. Mm. Um, and then there's things like the squid or the akemis that are things that was put like a hell of a lot of effort into and are very yeah. original. And, you know, there'll be things that uh, are, there isn't anything out, out there like them. You know, it might, be the, it might be in how they work or it could be like how they sound, whatever, or a combination of the two, you know. But ultimately it'll be something that I want. It'll be something, you know, I'll be making, like I'm the kind of like the first customer. Right, you know, or it's kind of like a maybe a friend that harasses me all the time, saying, "I really need this module. I really need this module. Please make it." 
yeah, that makes until sense. I'm broken down. But also I start, you know, I start a hell of a lot of things and they don't get finished, you know, or they get left and then I come back to them like two years later and finish them, you know. It's, yeah, it's it to get to all of us, I guess. Yeah, yeah. And it takes like a hell of a lot of effort to get something from kind of like an idea of, oh, I wish I had that to it, kind of like, you know, being in the, in the, in the, in the stores, whatever. And, and you know, I, I also just try and, I, I try and stick to just doing things that I would like, you know, rather than getting too like, oh, these are selling really well. I must make one of these, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, I suppose there is a little bit of that. Like, there's going to be, you know, once it becomes like a, a business and whatnot. But, it's definitely um it definitely kind of like ultimately stuff that i i want and then i hope that other people will enjoy you know and we follow like kind of a strict set of kind of rules i guess you know in terms of like visually and how they work i always want them to be kind of easy to use and very kind of immediate you know right but also kind of surprising as well at the same time you know i don't want people to necessarily have to go and read the manual to get kind of like 80 percent out of the module you know, that's yeah, that's, that's very that's true very about important. the stuff you were, you were doing. Yeah, it's very true for the for the modules you are doing. It's um, it's very immediate and uh, very clear. The layout is also very clear. It's really um, instant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, like, like even with the PAMs, like I think the PAM you can pick up. Like people sometimes complain that it's menu driven, but you know you pick it up in like two minutes. You know, oh, it's. Yeah. And yeah. and the squid as well is is it was kind of like deliberately very kind of immediate and very kind of like instantly playable as soon as it sort of comes out the box. There's no kind of like oh I must line this sample up and you know oh where's that you know like the sort of uh, horrific kind of like old um, Roland samplers like some of the the old racked Roland samplers where you you know it takes you like three hours just to get a sample to a MIDI note because it's like. You know, just yeah. saw all these kind of layers of complexity. Mm. I wish someone would do like a bit of software though that was, you know, allowing you to make cues easier in audio files. You know what I mean? Like, cause I know <laughs> in in Ableton and in Pro Tools you can't add those to a WAV. So you, ha you know what I mean? That would you just mean be a marker? All yeah, markers. Yeah, that can be you know imported into the morphogene into Squid and to. It's the I standard. use um. Do you use a Mac or PC? I use Mac. Yeah, I use this software called Wave Wave Twister. It's, it's oh, and it's yeah. really I, I, really good for markers. It's like I fantastic. Do. Get that to try it. Yeah, that's yeah, really good with you, the markers. What do, you, what do you mean, Jamie? That you can just put markers in in sound files that are that your your sort your granular um or whatever module uh picks up as a as a starting point or something is that what you mean yeah i mean the squid and you know the assimilator and like morphogene and a lot of people right. have the markers in the wavs embedded right but you can only do that if you have reaper or if you yeah use wave twist or whatever mm. i just there, wish it was a bit more a, ubiquitous there's another program called uh Osen o-c-e-n audio which is windows and mac and that's free and that does it really easily that does it nicely as well does it do auto <laughs> um i don't think it does <laughs> i don't think it does auto but wave twister does the auto really does it, good does it? yeah yeah and you can just like you can split whole files on that like they'll, they'll, and you can do all right. batch stuff with wave twister and it's really nice now it looks, it looks like a bit funny but if once you start using <laughs> it funny. no but i know what you mean it looks a bit like you know windows 95 ish yeah but it's like, oh, it's it's really nice to? 
No, no, honestly, honestly, it's it's really well done. I know that the icons oh, no. and. Oh, it, no. But it does work really well. It's and I really do need well a batch out. processor too. That's like yeah. a serious pet peeve of mine. I, I just won't spend money on Barber Batch. And I used to use this program called Myriad. But they hmm. all bought out. And there's also another one that Richard Devine told me about. Sound Miner or something. The, I don't know. But it's like $800 or something. Hmm. It's crazy. And I just oh. want it for batch processing. So uh, if there's another batch processor I'm not aware of comments crew what's going on but what do you use for batch processing out there but uh, yeah i used to love barber but yeah all that yeah, stuff barber is... is the only one um i know of to be honest it does yeah. pretty much everything wave twister <laughs> now yeah, we know yeah. it's good honestly it's yeah, good yeah. <laughs> looks it's cheap as well <laughs> i like that should be a marketing <laughs> slogan it looks a bit funny <laughs> yeah. sounds great it looks a bit funny don't we all <laughs> yeah, I'm so used to like funny looking programs though, like the, the PTB design programs are like oh. But you're a you're a programmer, Matthew. You probably don't really care about GUIs and shit, do you? Oh no, no, I do, definitely, do definitely. Yeah, yeah, mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, the, yeah, yeah, the, yeah, the yeah. modules is top notch. The grey on the coupe, man, is Oh thank you. It's premium. That's a nice grey. How do you find your grey? <laughs> uh, I have like this I have like this pad of uh you know, with like row yeah. colours. Yeah, and I was like, oh, that one's nice. It's, yeah, it's a really good grey. I mean, you know. Somebody says it's called uh, Twisted Wave. Oh, Twisted correct? Wave. Oh, yeah, sorry. Twisted wave. I think, one's... I don't know, I don't know. I think they're probably right. I'm terrible with names of things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> but now we can all Google it, I guess. Yeah. It'll probably auto-complete now, just as you put Twister in, because so many people will be searching for it. Yeah, it's Twisted Wave. <laughs> twistedwave.com there, there it is <laughs> also available for iPhone and iPad I see is it really yeah That's looks a little bit funny on them as well by the looks of it <laughs> <laughs> yeah no that's it no I do love my squid I've got a squid in the pans but cool. I do need I, I, I would definitely get chalkboard you're doing a new one no no, no, no I don't know the doing, chalkboard's oh, kind of done tie, doing yeah the bow tie the bow tie's like our worst seller so you know that's why we only did a hundred, but the new one's a lot better. I've got a, I've got a new one here. Here's a new one. It's just got like extra modes. I never actually really looked at the bow tie. No, what's the vibe? So it? it's like a, a bi-directional switch. So you got like a, you got an in there, and then you got a number mm. of outs there. But signals can go be rooted either way. Oh, so, it's a sequential uh, switch. Yeah, but it can be. It can be this. The original is is like an address switch okay, but this yeah. can be this can be an address switch where the voltage sets where it goes or it can be a sequential switch oh, nice. or it can be uh like a strode switch well that actually yeah. sounds very do interesting the, do love the yeah. switches yeah there's a, there's, a, there's a really nice video that uh zach did and and that's coming out as well and that shows it off really nicely that's but nice. that should be like properly launched at the end of the week beginning of next CV cool. addressable switch like that that's like more simple than the Mux slicer is welcome. Much as I love that Mux slicer. Yeah, I don't I don't know the Mux slicer. Like I think the the problem with the address switches is they only make kind of like a lot of sense on a big system, I think, where you've got like a lot of sources and stuff. I don't know. The, but with the, a squid, with a squid it's really cool, you know? Yeah, the, yeah. You yeah. can spray the squid. <laughs> I mean <laughs> spray the squid. <laughs> 
It looks we a got, bit funny, but it smells a bit funny. But, got, uh, yeah. <laughs> but, like, but I, I did that by accident the other day. We were using the, the Mux Slice or whatever in that I mode got, where it was CV addressed. I've got a Google and, the Mux Slice now. And uh, it was just spraying notes at the sampler. And it was so machine. It was so, like, hard. It was like a really crazy way to sequence. And I was oh, like, I see. I've got, but, but, I've got to do this but, again. But Faco. Yeah, that's oh, it. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a really powerful piece, but um it's it's tricky. It's 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 beautiful but um but I like yeah. a more um simple one just so where you can just kinda of go damn damn blah 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 because I've got like three of those Derpfler sequential switches. Mm-hmm. And uh yeah. I, I miss the C V address because Right. Because sometimes yeah, yeah, it's, it's just um, it's sequencing then, isn't it? No, it's well, the duper switch really is kind of like your train tracks where you're just really going yeah. Yeah, either go left or right, but it's it's not something where you really go complex with. But exactly, uh, I basically just use it to make loops longer. So instead of having just like a 16 yeah, yeah. <laughs> totally. beat loop or something, you just of like pressure points or whatever, yeah. right? Yeah, exactly. It's just, yeah. um, but it's kind of a set and forget thing, it's not the type of switch that you really program and do super complex you know, timing things with and stuff like that well you'd have and to that's... hit it like if you wanted it to sort of be a bit more random you'd have to hit it with like little <laughs> bursts of notes to kind of do you know what i mean right Flick it through the state so they weren't didn't feel sequential <laughs> so they were kind of like yeah, that makes sense kind of like you'd have to have a burst generator or something to yeah. create randomness maybe well, actually, it was something I was um, uh, I was thinking about uh, last week uh, because I was actually looking at my system, going like, "Hey, I would actually uh, like to work with more sequential switches uh, for a couple of things." And uh, I was kind of thinking like, if you have uh, a couple of those super simple sequential switches in sequence of one another, yeah. you can kind of make those things where you kind of uh, enter um, something. Uh, in the first switch and have it be processed and find its own way through a whole network of different switches and that way kind of well, yeah, it's not random but it's so complex that it might as well be so um, uh, you can get some interesting things done that way um, You always come up with th- these ideas where you need 10 of the same modules. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I should come up with some of them. No, but it's at some point you just start thinking in batches, you know, just like, let me yeah. just think about the next bucket of, of things. And that's, it's, <laughs> I don't no, know. You're right. Yeah. You're right. It's Two like stuff like that right. tends to happen, kind of. It's, but yeah, then again, I got, I, I got like 60, 70 voices here to feed. So it's, um, uh, at some point it, it starts making sense to do it in big chunks like that. But it's, um, Someone says macro control, and that's... Uh... Yes, macro control. That's one of the topics that we uh, are discussing a lot. I think with, that's, uh, with that's people my maybe. major one as well. You know, I got really yeah. jealous because I interviewed a guy called William Fields. Are you guys familiar with that guy? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Fields OS. Yeah. yeah. Just a great... The generative music. Yeah, generative fantastic. Guy, yeah. And I got jealous because his whole system is in an iPad, essentially. What well, he controls Reaper from a custom Lima interface on his iPad. Nice. And, and he can just do things like, yeah, I just want at certain points just to press a button and then all of my envelopes and all of my sounds become snappy. Nice. I was like, ah, mm. oh, in modular, that's a real ball ache. I mean, it's so hard yeah. to do. 
Well, William Fields, isn't that the one that you were playing me? Um, when yes. we were driving back. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. The one with the whole AI. Yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's nice. amazing. Yeah, He's yeah. so good. And the visuals yeah. are great too. Yeah, that's cool stuff. It's, um, yeah, but that that you know what I mean. That just made me think. Ah, yeah. oh, to do it, I could if I wanted yeah. to send the same envelope to loads of destinations. I might use something like a Div Kids mute and just send and have two of them. Uh oh, well, I'll watch. I got a yeah. This is one of those <laughs> macro control experiments that ah. uh, that popped up uh, exactly for that whole purpose of like um, right. Well, yeah, everyone has built sequencers by now, and people are always trying to make that one module that is kind of that star player of your entire system. But yeah. by the time you have this monster setup where everything is its own star player and stuff, you still only have two hands, and you want to control them all. So we kind of... Well, this was kind of one of those things where I called uh, the guys from Bird Kids uh, to make uh, make a very limited batch just for me of a concept I had in mind where you... Uh, it's basically 16 um, uh, CV offsets um, in rows of four, and each of those has a group offset going plus and minus 10, and there's a master offset for everything controlling all those four groups. And then basically... Um, uh, by having four of these, I can with one knob control sixty-four filters or voices or whatever I want. And what's so funny uh, about that is that's exactly what Raymond Scott was doing in the late fifties, right? Or like the early, uh, yeah, the early sixties. His electronium was totally like that. I think it had yeah. like the the big global controllers because he was coming at it from an arranger point of view yeah well you exactly want to just it's make that stuff happen now yeah. i want the i want yeah. them i want these voices snappy like all yeah. of them and no but that makes sense it's like like you he, had, yeah. he was dealing with a huge amount of them no but so that's, that's the entire great. thing it's like it's, uh, um, all the time when when playing with these things uh you must kind of know the feeling like okay so at the next uh break or drop or whatever uh, that's gonna happen mm -hmm. i want to mute that kick i want to open up those filters close down those filters switch over yeah. to that sequence and do it all if i can uh with just two hands and how am i gonna yeah. prepare this you know and some people are and saying like someone in the comment puck is saying what about the the polyan preset you guys check that the polyan preset actually i do have um, one let me let I me look at one. it just it does it does store it stores cv basically on pads Right. stores the state of nine CVs and it can morph between them which is quite nice you can do a sort of slew that's interesting it is quite it's good it's cool. good in that way um, yeah. for some reason I just didn't love interacting with it right I don't know why it just didn't yeah and maybe yeah. it doesn't have knobs <laughs> I mean it doesn't have no. you know it doesn't just, you can't yeah pressing the button is a bit weird just that well but that's kind of the thing is that you uh it, from the looks of this you would have to prepare you do those you points prepare, that's right and and that's the thing like i don't want to actually have to prepare yeah. them i want to be able to make them in a snap that's decision and that's, that's the thing you want to play the macro yeah you want to play it exactly and it's quite precise with the preset you have to sort of i don't know if you yeah. guys got a catalyst or that, that like crossfader because I, I like to use I that crossfader to um, do like polyphonic chordal transitions, nice. but you have to be so careful, obviously, because yeah. it's pitch CV and it's quite arranged. Yeah. It will let you do it. It's got 10-bit precision or something. It's okay. good. 
but yeah. you man you've got to be patient because like the slightest yeah. wrong move and it's way off and it's just like ah uh, it would be nice if it was just you know playable I'm googling things way. while you're talking about them by the way but yeah, oh, yeah the catalyst this is actually isn't that the crossfader nice, thing i love uh, that thing that's the recent one right that's i, I think yeah, uh kipsky is uh, uh have you ever looked into uh, dj kipsky what he's doing no um he yeah it's uh, he, he is um uh, he used to be like an amazing uh really a battle dj almost uh kind of stuff so really scratching everything is this thing and he really dove into this thing called synthase uh, 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 well is it synthabilism I don't know if you've seen that happening. <laughs> oh, what the hell is that? Well, basically, it is people who are controlling their Eurorack synths um, ah, by shit. scratching into it. So with, uh, I, ah. I don't, don't know if it's Serato or something else, but he's really controlling it with his turntable. <laughs> Great. And it sounds fantastic. It's it's absolutely amazing. So hang on, and, is, it, is that that thing that you did, Matthew? Didn't you do like a kind of a sync kind of thing i remember you did it something at Superbooth with like with ben divke like showing off like how you could sync a pioneer to your Euro oh like the discotheque yeah the, yeah the yeah we yeah we haven't yeah it's kind of on the shelf that one at the yeah, moment look good look good idea yeah i think it yeah I, I don't know if it's quite for us i don't know i don't know like right. um you you played with one didn't you you got some you yeah, did you, sent, you have one for a bit one. yeah yeah and, you send me one yeah i've been, a I've few, been testing it yeah i mean it, it works it works it works great great but um if you use it with multiple decks you know you get the, um, the handover of the sync moments when it starts choking a little bit yeah and, yeah um Makes and sense. um yeah and and the thing is um there's no coming back from that you know there's no restart or no um sort of save all button you know like a yeah yeah rescue yeah. me button it's <laughs> um, <laughs> a nice but, idea uh, but yeah, yeah for as long as you have you know it's it's basically follows the the grid perfectly but as soon as you start to um use four decks and get really busy on, on yeah um, i think i think also thing. something something that we found with it was like um i think like when, when we designed it we designed it like for modular and it was kind of like oh we might as well just you know put on a midi clock as well yeah and and uh, because and when you run it through pam in the modular you can kind of like relock it you can drop it out and 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 bring it back in again just by hitting yeah. the start stop on the pam but of course you you can't do that with a midi and when we were when we sent it out to like you know lots of different people and it was like 50% of people absolutely loved it. And the other 50% of people were like, well, it's all right. I wish it would do this. And it seemed right, that like everybody, yeah. everybody kind of used, everybody kind of used the pioneers differently. I'm not oh, really, yeah. well, I'm not a DJ at all, you know, especially not like a pioneer DJ, you know? And Sorry. so I, I'm not sort of like, I've never been like a hundred percent confident with it. And I kind of like got busy with other stuff like the squid and whatnot. So it kind of got shelved and it's something that I want to get back to. But at the same time, I sort of worry that it will just turn into like, I'm sure it would sell very well, but at the same time, I worry that it would just turn into like a complete support nightmare, mm. you know, because it's almost like a different audience for us as well, mm. you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. I do like, is it, hey, I just wanted to say, is that the gray? <laughs> the gray? That mug. Oh no 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 no! This is actually blue. <laughs> this is actually ah. a bluey grey. This is uh, this is an Italia, Italia finish, grey. Ah. That, that just got delivered. Did you see that grapes. just appear? 
I just like that. Yeah, I like that. And what else is going to appear? Hot dog. <laughs> <laughs> and pot noodles. Uh, no, no, no. Probably not much more than the, than the, than the cup of tea. I only I have one cup of tea a day, and it's at, at nine o'clock. Do you really? Yeah. Seriously? Mm. Night tea. A decaf, decaf tea. Wow, you're sensitive. Yeah, I can't drink coffee like past five, six o'clock. I drink. Well, you're that. handling small components, I suppose. Any jitter is uh, acceptable. Yeah, you, yeah. I'm, I'm a bit, <laughs> I'm a bit crap with my hands anyway. You know, like, but I manage. <laughs> what about you two? You like coffee fiends? Uh, I think I saw you morning, Colin yes. at a studio like downing about a gallon of coffee. Yeah, that makes sense. It's um, um, <laughs> that's me too. Oh man, it's 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 kind of like this jet you know, fuel, especially uh, especially waking up. That's always I kind of make like a liter of coffee just for me. And yeah, modular well, coffee dispenser needed. Oh man, it's I've heard actually of drummers on tour like they had took their own coffee machine like and had it like next to their rig. <laughs> <laughs> quick, quick in a break just quick little espresso like nice while the guitar solo is happening you no know. that's but yeah actually still something i want to do is uh hook up an espresso machine to a servo motor <laughs> and just kind of yeah. make a logic patch to dispense me coffee every two hours or something but it's, um... yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, oh, oh, yeah. we did have a question about that console behind you there oh yeah yeah it's um it's an old um DDA desk. Oh, DDA. Wow. Yeah, that's yeah. taking me back. Um, yeah, it's been with me for for a long time, and then at some point, um, I had it. I was working on a 5.1 project, you know, um, surround oh, wow. sound, and yeah. um, I thought I was um, ready to go digital. Mm. I don't know where that idea came from, but anyway, I was. I, I bought a digital <laughs> desk, you know, to be able to do panning, and you know, I thought this is the future. Right. This blah blah blah. And the moment I got it, I hated it. You know, I've always hated it. Instant hate. And um, and I want I sold Instant this one hate. and I wanted it back. <laughs> uh, but I sold I sold yeah. it to a guy in in Berlin, and um, he didn't want to sell it back to me. So um, yeah, I forgot about it and kind of started working in the box more. You know, not really, tr- you know, trying to forget about analog mixing and stuff like that. And at some point, um, uh, I found out that it was sold to uh, someone else. And uh, I got their contacts and called them up and said, you know, do you still have this uh, DDA desk? And yeah, yeah, we're, um, we're selling it because we are going digital. I said, okay, <laughs> <laughs> give it to me. Nice. So, I, so it's back at, back, at my, back at my place now. But it's, um, yeah, um, yeah, it's cool. It's... Um, it's, uh, it doesn't really uh, has a very special sound. It's it's a it's, it's a very straightforward one. Uh, there's a cool matrix in the middle, um, and it has uh, plenty of channels. Um, I don't always use it, uh, but it's um, yeah. It's I just love a really... consoles. Yeah, I, just, yeah. I, I always try to live without one. And like I've just got, I for ages on the road I had like this Midas Venice, whatever. That was my mm. console. I just like the mm. look of it. I could move quick on it, mm. and I've always I've kept it. It's got a couple of broken direct outs, whatever. I just put it back into a little. I got like another studio. I got my main one, and then 
there's one behind you see a little barefoot there there's like another studio nice over there and that's got that console now set up and it's um it's just got my sp1200 and a, and a bunch of stuff that i never really could integrate into this room just because of the size problems and man it's been fun just rooting nice. effects onto the board and just you know recording stuff back in off the console and it's just like man it's so beautiful <laughs> just like yeah it's console. cool you can you can um so if you good. have your effects return on on normal channels rather than on effect exactly. returns you can eq them and then send them back to themselves oh, or to man. each other it's what it's all it's about amazing. It? It's yeah it's all about i mean i think yeah. in a way that's sort of what what made me want to get into modular in the first place is like doing that with effects units back in the day it's kind mm. of like that's the same kind of rush that you get trying to control a modular system, and it? it's just like trying to play that console and yeah, ride it and on. really yeah. get in there and, and express yourself and work out what works and what doesn't, and feeding EQs into themselves, <laughs> like especially passive EQs that can be amazing, create crazy bass, like and because you can and you can only do it when it's analog because any kind of way in and out you've got latency some kind yeah. of latency yep. you just can't have that for things like feeding an EQ into itself because I saw Steve Albini do that with one of those Massenberg EQs where he does something when he's working with a band and he wants the bass drum to be longer he'll set up a, a real strong cue like nice. a really narrow boost at like 50 hertz or whatever and yeah. just feed that EQ back into itself so basically, he's just pinging filters, he's but ping, then yeah, he's the pro audio filter. version of doing yeah, that. Yeah, <laughs> which sounds amazing. It sounds oh, super good. Yeah, and so yeah, it just elongates the bass drum because you know it's got more of more resonance in that frequency. Yeah, and uh, yeah, pings. It's just pinging, and um, yeah, just all of that is just fascinating and great. But and, yeah. I, and I just set it up to the point when because I got one of those ADDAC kind of patch bays, which just has like you know the mini jacks on it. Right, yeah, yeah. Which I was just like, ah, oh, yeah. this is what I've been looking for. I just love this because yep. then it's just all about ergonomics, isn't it? The speakers yeah. are there, the modulus here, but I just don't want to mess around with like just converting cables and finding a cable, and that just takes you out at the yeah. moment, doesn't it? You so mean the mini jack to quarter inch ones, right? The uh, the little ones with three conversion blocks on it. Oh, really? Are they are they special? Oh, no, I'm thinking that's the one you mean, right? The, the no. ADDAC. Um, it's just got regular mini jacks on the front and jacks. It's got yeah. both. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can use mono cables, as far as I know, the TS yeah. ones. Um, I have been. It's working fine. But nice. it's just been a joy. <laughs> I've just been loving it. I've just been thinking, I don't know. I wish I had more of that over in my other studio. But then, uh, you know, you can't have it all, can you? But it made me just realize that sometimes you've really got to just have little systems that can get you to the place. But then I was trying to control this tape machine and all I needed was an LFO with an attenuator on it just to control the speed of this tape machine because it has an L a v CV input. And I was like, mm. I don't have <laughs> in this little skiff thing a way <laughs> of generating attenuation on a bloody LFO, you know? And so I was just like, I'm going to need to bring over another module. <laughs> and. <laughs> This is like, damn. You yeah. just want the. I mean, convenient as as Eurorack is, it's like the amount of times that you have to yeah. reconfigure a, a system is kind of infuriating, isn't it? If you've got that AD, if you've already got that ADD kind of mindset, you look at your system and go, oh, let me just change the order of all the things again. 
and then yeah. you're just like, <laughs> what am I doing? It's oh, fine. But, so the, but then what do you do? If you're quite all right with it, then do you have to buy yeah. another whole thing just to shove it all in? I mean, obviously, oh, yeah. I don't... Colin, you've got... I think you might have the most modules. Um, it's on that front. <laughs> like, right now, if you go to... Um, if you would walk into my... Well, it's not even a studio anymore, but kind of my storage locker, you would uh, really just see a couple of empty cases and crates upon crates with just single modules in there. And that was from the last time when I had like, you know what, I'm going to reorganize everything. And I just took a screwdriver and screwed everything out in one of those Ugh. brain farts. Like, yeah, you know what, I'm just going to do it. Oh, and then like shit. one and a half hours later, I'm looking at my room and there's like, I think 6,000 HP of modules just laying there. And I'm going like, oh my God, what have <laughs> I done? And it's every time it happens like that, like I, I think it's a brilliant idea to reorganize everything. And then like two and a half weeks later, I haven't <laughs> put them back in place yet. And I'm going like, oh, what oh, am, why am I doing this? So it's... But, um, yeah, but someone did mention a VCV rack, of course, which is right. a great idea. I should have totally yeah. done that. <laughs> I'm gonna oh, do that. VCV rack. That's actually. I well, that's the funny thing is, I, I I tried playing with VCV just the other day, and it's it's the standard thing that I'm recommending to everyone. Uh, whenever they ask me like, "Hey, so how do I get started with modular?" I'm always saying like, "Well, start with VCV because it's uh, yeah. it's it's cheap, if not free, um, and it's uh, it gets you everything at your fingertips, and you'll learn about modular workflow." The only thing is, then uh, I tried playing with it myself not long ago and I couldn't get any normal patch to work and that wasn't because I didn't understand the patch flow or anything but it was mostly because all of a sudden I was forcing myself to work in a computer again and that's the part that I've completely just lost or Ableton (laughs) has the CV tools yeah which is probably more the way I'd do it because I'm going to have Ableton up to record anyway so I'm like oh I need an LFO just whack one up in I think my uh, my interface is DC coupled, so I heard Bitwig actually has a couple yeah, of very interesting um, uh, in, uh, ways That's of interfacing cool. with modular now. Do you have a PAMS in VCV, Matthew? No. Do they approach you for that kind of stuff? Uh, I got approached once by not VCV, but it was someone doing commercial modules. But I don't mm. know. It doesn't really. I think I think VCV is cool for like people getting into it but at the same Mm. time i don't like the way that they kind of take this kind of physical interface and kind of put it into the computer you know like it just doesn't kind of like what colin was saying it's like like do something modular but don't make it like the physical thing you know like uh Mm. more like how that alto you know the alto reverb how that works that kind of thing if you're gonna patch in a computer use max or something i don't know yeah you know like that's not to like slag off VCV because I think it, it's a, definitely a cool piece of software and stuff and it's great for people oh, to try yeah. and people obviously like it but for me I don't yeah. know it just doesn't excite me I kind of if I made like a pamphlet or something I guess I'd have like something that you typed in you know you'd type in what you wanted or something like nice. to me that sounds like it would work faster yeah. you know rather than kind of like trying to dial a thing with the, no, no, you no, know no. <laughs> like, almost like a sort of command line interface I don't know I'd love it but I don't know if other people would <laughs> True. I've heard people say that Pams isn't doesn't love being like a you know not the boss clock. It's lazy. Um, Is that true? Well, I think it was. Uh, it, uh, I don't know. It's, it's really it sort of depends what you sync it to. I guess if you yeah. sync it to something solid, then you shouldn't have any problems at all. 
right? Yeah. So I use it. I've used it as a slave. It works fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like I've always like in in my studio. I run it off the Circlon. I never have any problems. You know, I just run right. it off the Circlon. Didn't oh, you got a Circlon? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got one yeah, of the so just one of the my... first ones. I kind of love hate oh, it. Yeah, yeah. I'm with you. <laughs> Yeah, but, it's kind of amazing for some things and absolutely stupid for others. Yeah, and it's like one of those it. boxes. If you just walk away from it for a few months, you're like, oh, how the fuck? Do oh, I that's the thing, man. Exactly. I mean, bar I've, length. I've tried. I've tried to make it the heart of my system. Yeah, and uh, it still isn't. Although I've had it for three years now or something, and um, um, I, as much as I would love to have everything done from there, um, yeah, it, it's still not in that no, no. sort of place you know what i mean but it's, like, it's um it's very powerful and, and yeah, i like the i like the feel of the the machine itself it's yeah like definitely right, solid yeah. you know great, nice big buttons you know oh, and, yeah, it feels it's good. great it's almost sort of like do you just sort of go all right i'm just using it as a big 909 because you feel a bit guilty because it's so expensive and you're sort of yeah. like you're just doing kind of rudimentary step sequencing but it's kind of like yeah but it's fun and, no, it, it's, and, and it's sort yeah. of like half the time that's kind of what you want to do anyway um, well uh, the thing I really love about is the timing the timing is absolutely yeah, rock solid great. it's really good and um, uh, the other thing of course you can you can keep it as simple as you would on a 909-ish yeah. sequencer but it's very simple to make it do way more complex things very quickly so it's uh, and the delays but, that are really well integrated like you know just like note push and pull that kind of stuff is yeah. not to be underestimated it's so clear on the circle on. I just love that do you yeah. find though as soon as you want to do anything with chords or anything that's like oh, yeah. beyond like a, 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 a like it's amazing for like drum loops yeah. and for like simple lines but when it comes to like structuring a song or it chords especially editing chords it's like painting the house through the so, letterbox yeah then you really feel like it's a really a clunky old box but at the same time what I really love to do on it is use i don't use the polyphonic patch mode i just use the you know the brute force um drum mode you know the yeah 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 and then just and then, add the auxes yeah 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 but notes. even then i find it quite but you know I like it doesn't playing seem, like that because the notes yeah. dealing is so cool i just find it frustrating that it wouldn't take much to make it so much better you know for that kind of thing like so i'm I'm out <laughs> well, no, I have, I have, I have, him. yeah, I have moaned at him about this at Superbeef. <laughs> 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 oh, that, I would like to see that. I'd like to see. That. Oh no, not in like a, you know, it's like no, no it's like it's amazing. Of course, he's the hardware, not in like a, yeah, no, you know. Um, and I think, uh, like, I, I love it because you can just plug it in and start playing away, you know. Yeah. And the, and the computer doesn't need to be on. No, but then I, I, I'll use, you know, and the computer just becomes like a glorified tape recorder basically you know it's logic beautiful and then it when just... it's relegated to that task it's like, yeah it's like we're all celebrating when the computer's just recording in the background hopefully not fucking it up and, and stopping <laughs> stop you had one job one job mine, like... mine, mine died the other day as well it lost its memory i got really scared i was like my, my heart was like it's <laughs> <laughs> computer it was just getting... dementia <laughs> yeah like, but it was okay it was okay that's why reel to reel then you don't even need any of that just I've like, got a, I've got an old like um, this like it's supposedly it's X Stasi this reel to reel I've got powered by twenty four volts because that's what the tanks had on them and they'd use crazy. it for um, it's got a Telefunken uh, head on it though so it's supposedly yeah, like really high quality what it is, is it? lovely it's stereo 
Oh, it's like it's. They're all hard to find and, and expensive now. I got this from like an audio fair, and it was and the and the, and I got it like relatively cheap. And I was like, the guy was like, "No, you'll love it. You'll love it. It's like you could throw it against the wall, and it would be fine." I took it to bits, <laughs> and he was that. like, "I've never seen electronics like it. It's just like I got to try." And I think it's a Telefunken M1, or it's. It is a Telefunken then. Nice. Yeah, I think they made it, but then they licensed it to. Um, I'll see if I can find a. It's not you, Harold. No, I'm thinking. But then, Jamie, when you're talking reel-to-reel recording, are you doing multi-track on it, or is it? No. Uh, you're just mono. going straight to stereo. Mono, even. I need mono. Yeah. Nice. Okay. Well, yeah, because I've got like the um, an Ampex reel-to-reel that was like a okay. kind of. It's in a leather case. <laughs> it's really funny it's like called the 601 it's like and being in America you can find those things they're kind yep. of harder to find in Europe but um, but I've got the, and then the Nagra mine's the mono Nagra interesting nice yeah stereo would be good and I, uh, for the stereo I, I might use the Nakamichi cassette yep. but my I have my Nakamichi modified so I could change the pitch as I'm recording and disable the erase head with the switch but the problem with that is <laughs> when I come to play back the tape, it's not at the original speed anymore. It's like right. it, it screwed it up. Even yeah. if I center the speed and record in the center, it comes back all wonky. So, yeah, the Nakamichi's got is it's not perfect. But, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it, I haven't found my ideal reel-to-reel, to be honest. Okay. I, I yeah. would like to get a really one that I can really lean on yeah. for the hi-fi. Nice. Something like an ATR or something really obnoxious. Yeah. No, it's like I um, I used to uh, own one of those Otari uh, oh, MTR90s, yeah. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. Uh, the 90 Mark II, and People that was love those. oh man, that was fantastic. I mean, that was 24 tracks on two inch, and um, did it sound good? It sounded fantastic. It was um, was it loud uh, mechanically? Um, it is um, like. Uh, are you talking noise floor wise or is nah, it just the machine driving around the sound oh, the machine it. itself uh it's it's not bad actually it's it's the loudest sound fans. actually is the um uh not actually all that stuff was pretty uh, pretty decent yeah um, That's a pet peeve i can't handle yeah. machine noise no that makes sense it's like um uh in in the studio that i was running it in i had a trident uh a trident 80 desk and um, uh, and I had that stuff. paired up to the Otari, and that was just a match uh, made in heaven. It, it sounded so, nice. so good. I know, but the first time me that's and a romantic setup. Oh man! I, I, <laughs> yeah, I got yeah. the Siemens console. I got the Siemens Citral, and I got the Telefunken nice. M M15 eight track, yeah. one inch. And I remember Sweet. me and Christian Vogel were doing the second Super Collider album, Raw Digits, and we're doing it at the Funk House. I had a studio in the Funk House. Nice, yeah. yeah. From about 2000, 2001 maybe to mm-hmm. two thousand and like five, and um, yeah, we recorded. We thought, ah, oh, let's just do one song on the Telefunken, you know, <laughs> and like, and like, and the console and. We at the time yeah. we were using a Moto eight to eight, you know, that was like yeah. the highest shit we could afford and what nice. it was. <laughs> it just just we were just floored. We were like, What have yeah. we been doing? Yeah, Listen to it. this. It sounds <laughs> absolutely beautiful. Like it yep. sounds incredible. 
Yeah, like no, but that's just, I would say that that tape machines from any quality can can really yeah. liven up your sound. You know? oh, I even oh, got like sure. these really cheap yeah. small ones, you know, like a a four. You know, you know these four. Yeah. What is it, Tuscom? Yeah, Tuscom yeah. four track. Yeah, the Tuscom ones is actually that one is super cool. The Revox ones are. I, yeah, I still oh, love them. Actually, I sold my Revox. Uh, that's why I used yeah. in Brighton. You live in yeah. Brighton, Matthew. No, no, no. I live oh. uh, sort of Surrey, basically. Oh, Surrey. nice. I live in Surrey, yes. Oh, Leatherhead? Yes. Uh, not far from Leatherhead, actually. My dad had a house five, in Leatherhead. Five minutes down the road, Leatherhead. Really? Is. Oh, there you go. Yeah. I know that neck of the Yeah, yeah I yeah, mean, it's nice. true. Oh, man, I had the, um, I had the, the Revox in Brighton. Nice. And back in those days, man, like, you know, that Revox, it was cheap as chips. And I remember I got a Grampian Spring Reverb off a dude that was selling loads of stuff, like an older guy. He was a friend of a guy in my band at the time, and I got a Grampian and an Orban Spring Reverb, and I got this beautiful Rhodes 88. And like I sold it, most of it to Peaches when I left Berlin to come to America. Right. But the Grampian was sort of taken from me because I because the guy I was renting my studio off in Berlin didn't pay the rent and like the guy took my Grampian my original oh, S950 oh, my first oh, ever acoustic man. guitar like a bass a Korg M1 I for some reason at the time I wasn't that bothered about it and then yeah. recently I thought oh, I'll get one of those Grampians again I really love that thing I've got it for like 25 quid they're like yeah. two and a half grand now. that's crazy yeah. and I had one of those BX20 AKGs in Berlin I bought it for 300 euros now they're like five grand or something. You know, yeah. it's just like what is coming no, on. Oh, things are th well, things are really skyrocketing. Blame, blame on that Reverb, front. man. Blame Reverb because they they're making all this old yeah. nostalgic stuff. Uh, totally for sure, but again, a Spring you know? Reverb you can't sell that for two and a half grand. I'm sorry, it's yeah. a fucking Spring Reverb. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's a Spring. Like it really yeah. upsets me when people like upsell that <clears> stuff, like a clone, like guitar pedal yeah. or something. It's just like it's not right, you know. I yeah, have it's to like on, line. Well, yeah. on that same front, like I, uh, I still own one tape machine right now, which is a Studer A eighty half inch machine, oh, wow. just a oh, just wow, a two yeah. track. And Big I beast. got that one for a super well, it was a super good deal on it. Uh, I think I paid something like a thousand or something on it, and that was yep. uh, ten years ago. And I was watching online somewhere. Um, uh, because someone said like hey uh, there, there's actually someone selling one of those machines that you have right now uh and they uh they wanted to verify with me whether or not it would be a good price and i was like hey so what's the asking price and they said like well it's seven and a half thousand euros for that thing and <laughs> i was just like no way that cannot be true but then it turns out that's actually what those things are doing right now and it's i don't know what happened over the past 10 years but um Apparently. I think it's true for most classic yeah. classic uh, machines. Uh, since the same thing, you know. Yeah, yeah remember uh, the Jupiter Eight? We're old enough to remember. You get Jupiter oh, yeah. Eight for three hundred quid or whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, that, but that three hundred. I don't know. I've ever see one for three hundred. Really? Like, they've always been. Even they've always been. Jupiter Eight's always been pretty expensive. I think Neil Landstrom. Mm. He got one like super cheap. I don't know. Yeah. But there Easy. was a time, wasn't there, in the late nineties or something like yeah. that. Yeah, that yeah was I, Jamie got my, I got my R twenty six hundred for um, today's money, probably five hundred euros. Same for right. <laughs> same yeah, for Cinti. Uh, same thing, you know, like oh. really, really cheap. Oh, yeah, <laughs> well done. That is know. just wow. That's they're right. Still, they're still, still being used, still here, still amazing though. I mean, yeah. um, they're 
incredible yeah, machines. They are amazing. Yeah. Is that what happened to you, Matthew? Do you, obviously, you start with your W30 and all that, but surely you must have got some juicy analog stuff a bit later. Uh, yeah, you know, I like. I just got. A, it's a Telefunken M36. Oh. I looked at oh, cool. but Google it. They're wicked. If you ever see one, like I don't know how rare they are. Yeah, they're quite hard to find in America. It's the kind of thing you get in Germany, but yeah, I think they'd be easy to find in Germany. Yeah, you can't get them out here. No one has Telefunken out here. If they do, it's like wildly expensive. Plus, that's why I didn't ship my M15 over because it's like a ton. Like it's the heaviest thing I've ever lifted. It's just yeah. a brutal thing. And when I was moving out of the studio in Berlin, my friend like was trying to help me out, and he cut the cord. He had to cut the machine out, so he cut the actual multi-core in half. <laughs> so all the, you know, so someone's have to like re reconnect it all and yeah, whatever. It's not for oh, me. Man. Yeah, someone yeah, said yeah. a Jupiter eight for a grand in the late eighties. A grand in the late eighties was a lot of money, still, wasn't it? Right. Yeah. Ooh. No, maybe I'm tripping then. Uh. <laughs> I, I got my I got my one hundred one for seventy five quid. Must have been late eighties, early nineties, and that was a lot of money then. Like a one hundred one goes for like over a grand now, doesn't it? I think that's just a bit oh, crazy. Yeah. Way more than that. Yeah, but I think you can still. I've still found some good bar. You can still find things, you know, if what you look. The, you yeah, can still, what are the hidden gems since? Well, I like sort of, you know, there's a lot of sort of early digital stuff out there, which is good, which people don't. Well, I guess it's. Kawaii. Yeah, that's all right. I have like a. I have like a couple of synergies. One's broken, one works fine. Synergy, uh, I don't know those. So a synergy was like a really early digital synth. That came out of Bell Labs, and it's basically what um, it's what uh, Wendy Carlos used on like the Tron soundtrack. Shit. And uh, it basically Shit. it 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 came out. It does FM, but they couldn't advertise it as FM because it was around the same time that Yamaha were like like, sure. like they had the pattern. And I think they eventually. I might be wrong, but I think that's what eventually kind of like ended it. But the it does FM, but it does the maths in a different way to the Yamaha so the phases yeah. are always shifting like with like Yamaha FM sometimes you can get like it can cancel out because the the phases are all locked but the way the synergy works they shift around oh, so you just yeah. it just has such a nice sound but they're like they're like really sort of difficult to edit you need like a K pro like an ancient computer to edit and stuff and, oh. <laughs> but they sound like they sound them and you think it's sort of late 70s early 80s and it's just like it, could they you sound make incredible. Could you make well, modules? Well, I, I, you know, I would like to. I don't think it would be a module. You could clone it, like in an FPGA or something. Like it would be something cool to do. I think maybe yeah. somebody did it a few years ago. I'm sure someone yeah. will do it sooner or later. Yeah, they're lovely. They're, they're ugly things, but they just sound amazing. And not, <laughs> you know, it's funny. like, yeah, they look like a they look like a big string synth, you know. Oh, yeah. But it's, good, it's good. It's good, by the way. That's the, these days. We get all these new FM uh, modules like yours, like the Akimi's Tyco and, and uh, Castle. Yeah, I love and that. Uh, and also the Electron things, you know, that that make it much more editable without having to go into menus and diving. Um, I mean, you can you can learn it, you know, but it's still um, way more accessible if you have. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. The, um, yeah. So. And I think that's when FM becomes like so much fun, you know, like with a castle, yeah. it's like just just endless, you know, like even now I, I still pick it up and I'm like, oh my God, you know, 
I have like two of them in my system and you know they always go to you know you get like a whole track out of you know they're they're like endless you know and yeah the range, they the use, range of sounds you can get from yeah from yeah fm is just incredible mm. there was there was did anybody ever see that massive uh controller that was yeah a gelling house for the dx7 yeah yeah i have one of them i have i think oh, really? mine mine used to be enos i think supposedly uh, my one was was enos it's like a big blue it's like yeah, a massive a company right uh yeah dutch, dutch or german they only made about 10 20 of them yeah like they're like they're they're like stuck together with like bubble gum they're like inside they're like they're like oh my god and like the fuse always goes on it and i have to replace the fuse yeah. there's like a there's like a modern version of it now which my okay. friend's got i forget what it's called but it's basically the same thing but there you know you just like you know like chuck from the circle and chuck a load of like just a nice little pattern in and then you're just like twiddling and you yeah. you know you're in your own little world bit of delay and it's like oh <laughs> this is great <laughs> But it's yeah, it, totally and then it breaks. Interaction. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just you know you never know what you're gonna get, you know, and it's a lot more kind of unpredictable than analog, you know. It all mm. and which in some ways is worse, but in other ways is 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 uh, you know it's it's um, amazingly fun and you're constantly like surprising yourself. That's cool. It's not just yeah. Sussex then, it's something something else. I, I think I it's. Think am, it am, I, am I still really loud? Because I did put my volume down. People are complaining that I'm loud. I'm not sure if it's... <laughs> I don't mean to be. It just sounds like just such a general complaint, and it's like you're awfully loud, Matthew. What's up with all caps, Matthew? <laughs> no, I love that man. I love the idea of you sitting with this massive controller for a DX7. But it's just a powerful machine, isn't it? Once you can unlock the beast. I mean, what yeah, were they yeah. thinking? They would have just, all I the, mean... Yeah. All the old Yami stuff is cool, though. And some of that yeah. you can pick up re still really cheap. Like the little, um, what is it? Like There's like a little half rack, um, I know, the basically DX. a DX100. And you can pick them up for like 50 quid still. And it's basically yeah. like a DX100 and a little F box. FB01, I think you mean. Yeah, 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 that's yeah. it. Like and, and you get a little editor on the computer, and they're amazing. You know, they've got all the... They've got a lately bass and everything. You know, they're totally techno. Lately bass. I know, it's all comes like lately bass. Whoever designed lately bass is just like, ah, oh, I was having a good day. I mean, what is it about <laughs> lately bass? It's just... I remember when I first heard lately bass, it was on... It was in some kind of rack module that, that was kind of a later FM Yamaha thing. One U thing. Yeah. And I'd never heard of lately bass. I wasn't aware of it at all. But sure enough, as soon as I found lately bass, I was like, oh, no. I think it was... <laughs> I think it was... On. I think it was solid bass in like a tip yeah, and, yeah, and then on the DX100 it's called yeah, solid bass and then, and then they tweaked it after what have you done for me lately <laughs> oh, is that had, it is? yeah yeah and that's where it became lately bass <laughs> lately I mean, but also it's in um, it's in Wigfield isn't it Saturday because, night because, and then uh, you can't unhear it Oh, isn't sorry. it called lately bass afterwards because it was used on Janet Jackson yeah 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 yeah, yeah Oh man, yeah, that makes sense. I never even they thought like tweak the aftertouch on it or something. It's like a slightly <laughs> tweaked version of solid bass. <laughs> <laughs> you should do a version of squid. That, you should do a version of squid bass. that has like a crazy different <laughs> googling in the background. <laughs> different DAC or whatever. Could you do like a really lo-fi squid? 
<laughs> well, you can drop the bit depth down on the Yeah, no, like true, that's a, true, that's true, yeah. It's variable, yeah. isn't it? Oh, you know, what's a really nice feature, Matthew? Um, mm. I don't know if the squid does it, but I've got this old um, Akai S612, you know that? Yeah, 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 it's yeah, 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 yeah. Um, it's got two sliders, one yeah. for the starting point and one for the the end point of the sampler for, of the sample. And they but can they can them, cross over. Yeah, if if you yeah. put them in, uh, if, yeah, the, the sample amazing, starts playing man, backwards, yeah. which yeah. is really cool. So yeah, if the, you if you if you put the 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 you know the, the start of the sample behind the the end, the, the sample reverses, and it's a really nice thing to tweak, you know, to uh, yeah, yeah. There's a reason. With. There's a reason why the squid doesn't do that. Oh yeah, there we go. There we go. There yeah, you and you can. Do you have the MIDI add-on? You can get like a MIDI board that this guy in the UK makes. I think it's hide oh, yeah. hide away. He makes like an add-on MIDI board, so you can control it. I think it lets you control all that over MIDI. I'm not 100% sure. There. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's... That's what hands are for. <laughs> Sometimes too much control is not what you want. I mean, yeah, but, yeah. I know what you mean. No, it's it just these two cool. sliders and it's it's hours of fun, man. Yeah, actually, that, if you could sequence it. Oh, that's right. I remember that now. You can sequence yeah. the start and end point. That is kind of sweet, actually. Yeah, and yeah, you can no, get the nice little, little add-on to hold the disc. There's like a nice looking like... Um, that holds a disc, like a, another like wrap that right. goes with like it. A, yeah. Like a toast like a toast yeah rack. yeah yeah <laughs> and the, yeah, the no, floppies are double-sided yeah but no one, again you don't need to save sounds on a 612 <laughs> it's cool though you just make yeah. a sound and yeah it's cool what was the thing that vogel <laughs> so posted slow, what was the thing that vogel posted like an amiga disc with busy circuits on it oh that was a little sticker like one of the stickers that i think i think what I, he He'd return something for repair, and I sent him some stickers back. They were just like, you know, just like that's it's like cool. the Amiga boot yeah, no, I remember, screen yeah, that's yeah. with, you know, just like silly. Like Chris was a big Amiga user, like big tracker. When I met him, like he was tracking all the way. Yeah, look, I have my Amiga here. I got, there, can we see my Amiga? Can, oh, There's my Amiga. It's gross. My 2000. I, 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 I would have I killed mean, for an Amiga back in the day, man. I yeah, would, yeah, yeah, I would have as well. Like that. I had like a 500 and I used to run like Octomed on it and dream of having enough money to get an ST and Cubase. Well, I had an ST and Cubase and I wanted an Amiga. <laughs> 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 I could have found it we'd known each other then. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's true. We're only <laughs> down the road. It turns yeah, out. no, I know, I know, I know. I, I, <laughs> I'm doing physics in your place <laughs> and I was just like, oh, man, oh. it's cool. <laughs> I've got the... I was playing with Amiga more for video stuff though. Like I got the video toaster and stuff, just like tinkering, you know. And for like, yeah, I I, I like uh, I have an ST as well, and I like running like old ST software. Like some of the there's some really nice like synth editing software, you know. And it just oh, yeah. has like funny ideas that that never sort of went anywhere, you know. Huh. Like because they were so limited in what they could do software wise. Yeah. And I just th there's some really nice ones that are like randomizers so they just generate like random patches with a dx but they work in like really like clever way clever ways i haven't i haven't done that for a while but you know that's that, that's quite cool that would be a and good add-on for the squid actually be like a kind of a random shuffler of all the samples just yeah to make, make like eight samples you you know just toss a crazy dice and just be like mid-performance just My one art see what happens yeah, my friend Sasha, who helped do the sample banks for it, who like did all the like um, 
mastering and whatnot on the sample banks. He, I think he's got a version of the Squid Firma that actually does that because he was like, oh, I, but I never sort of finished it. I don't think it's in, so it would just like load random patch sets, like, you know, patches right. from everything. Because he really likes working in that kind of way where, yeah, you know, he'll yeah, just yeah. like to start with a load of random stuff and see where it sort That's of takes sweet. him. I know. Well, one thing that I like I've, random. Yeah. I like random, but it's um, uh, we were just discussing, you know, the FM editors. But there was this uh, Steinberg program uh, for the Atari back in the days. So yeah, which, I which would you came randomize? Came in like a big, big folder. Uh, yeah, I think so. <laughs> which would you let you randomize um, your FM sounds? But you could you could uh, set uh, ranges, so you wouldn't end up with yeah, like yeah, extremes. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And yeah, all yeah. the editors I've seen since don't have these. Yeah, uh, and you these, could you could mask uh, off stuff as well, so you could sort of yeah. keep the envelope, but say yeah, you know yeah. don't touch the envelope, but randomize all this, and you know yeah. only use you know, these values. Yeah, there was a great yeah, piece of the air. Do you, you ever use Polyplex? Did you ever use Native Instruments Polyplex? No, it's actually no. really sweet i mean it's in the, it's strictly in the computer and it doesn't mess with sense but uh it had great randomization like you're talking about you could you could set you ranges could limit certain you things. Can, there's so yeah. many parameters to, to you could randomize and man for making samples for sample packs and stuff mm. i made a lot of custom max for live things where i could remotely load samples in because it had a lot of flaws the thing and it never really worked, but you could com combine and just roll the dice on four individual ones to make snare combinations and drum combinations. And man, it was a lifesaver that. It just mm -hmm. made me, because I could sit back, press a button and go, don't like that, don't like that, do like <laughs> this, but let's change the pitch. And then make variations within the variation. And it was just such a nice way to come to the sound, to, to feel the sound yeah. emerging. So sort I'll of go, stop there, but change just this now. Okay, good, good, good. But I want a, now give me f eight variations on the theme, yeah. and like that is nice. That would be great in sound design in general, just to be able to. That yeah, process, yes, absolutely. Cast, yeah. cast a sort of random net I was just, over a lot of things. I was just the other day looking into, or I randomly stumbled upon, uh, this system Kima or something like that. Have oh you, yeah, the, sure. Uh, have that's you ever Christian worked with Vogel that? as well? Yeah, that's, that's what he is, isn't it? Yeah, right. He's, like, if he's you, well into that, isn't he? I mean, that is, you, it's a command line thing. You right. Know, it might not no, look not, like it no, is. It might not look like it is, but it is. Well, it, okay. But I mean, there's, there are way, loads and loads of um, yeah, yeah, true. sound. They, they, they're presets. They're called sounds, right, right, though. Right, right. I've, I've right. used it for, 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 for ages. Right, right. Okay. Uh, I, still got it, I still got it here. Oh, really? Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, come have a look next time you're here. Yes. But, um, <laughs> oh, well, yeah. Good, yeah, you're right, Jamie. But uh, at the same time, there's there's a massive community, and there's yeah, so much right, out there already right. that that you know lets you yeah. use it without getting really, really, really deep into it. You know. Okay. Is, can it's you still do, much just, is it, um, yeah for yeah, additive synthesizer? The it's the best for additive, right? Yeah, I I, I kind of use it more for um, sample-based stuff. You know, like oh, the FFT right. things and the morphing and all that stuff. And yeah. as far as sound, it's absolutely unparalleled. It's yeah. it's just crazy how how pure and and uh, artifact free it remains. Yeah. Whether you are going to you know the craziest extremes, it still re yeah. retains a very solid and very smooth um, sonic uh, character. And I think Interesting. that makes yeah. it different from from for example, if you're into granular and stuff like that, then. You know, there's loads and loads of choices. There's so many things you can get there, even for yeah. on on iOS. You know, there's so many 
so many choices, but yeah. they all there are some really good ones. But every, you know, nothing beats Kima in yeah. terms of sound. Sonic the sonic quality so, is just insane. But then with Kima, the thing is, um, um, is it capable of live processing information that it's uh, receiving in any way, or is it something that you really sit down for it and you have your library of sounds and everything and load it up and then you work in Kima? How? Um, yeah, does it, it play takes, well with others or is it um it takes live input and obviously there will be a bit of latency because you're going in through a sound card um right. or from a computer uh, yeah. digitally you don't need, you yeah. don't really need to be in the you, you can bypass the analog domain entirely unless you want to have some analog feed into it okay um yeah but yeah of course it takes some time to process although it's it's quite fast but it also depends on the sound card you've got attached to it right yeah, of course. Um, but uh, yeah, it's um, there are ways to to use it uh, in real time with live feed going into it. But yep. um, I think it's the the way it's designed is more for sound design, which takes place um, non real time domain. Right. So yeah. Um, yeah. But but it is very powerful. It's really powerful, and I love okay. the sound. Yeah. It would be cool yeah, to be able to access the power of that kind of CPU. You know, intensive process, but in the modular world, you know what I mean? Because right. it sort of almost mm. feels like the two things never really collide, do they? It's sort of like the computer is the is the undisputed champion of the number crunch, and the right. Eurorack is at, at best it's it's rocking some pretty measly CPUs and stuff. Obviously, there it has are to. there are things you can do in like in Max MSP or in Reactor. You can build sequencers in 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 Kima, and it has a a timeline mode as well so you can you can have things happen over time or okay but yeah it doesn't really integrate with uh, with uh, the outside world as much as, right. as you would like to of course yeah okay. i think i think it's speaking with like um richard divine on the pods on my podcast a while back he was saying how he's kind of getting frustrated with modular sequences and he's going to move over to sequencing the modular with the computer using like an RME thing with 32 outs right. and, uh, and just using the CD control from the computer and, and doing more of the William Field style algorithmic yeah. kind of uh, yeah tidal sequencing tidal, tidal yeah tidal yeah, yeah. yeah what's it called is that was that's what it's called right tidal I can't remember what it's yeah called it's now. life it's based on life coding. So like Superglider. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Is Superglider intimately attached to it, or is that just the sound yeah. engine? I think it's I just think... the sound engine. Yeah. Right, right. The tidal cycles, that's what it's called. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. There's like, you know, good arm or whatever. There's a bunch of... It's a new generation of, of programmers, right, that are just kind of changing that stuff. That's exciting. It would be cool yeah. to somehow see that kind of without the... I mean, I was just thinking as you were talking, some something made me just think like, with all of us sitting here, like we've been exposed to all of this technology since back in the early days, whatever. But like, where is it going? You know, where does Eurorack kind of go? Where, what's, what? How do you see Matthew. that? Matthew. Like, yeah, exactly. Where, where does it go? Yeah. <laughs> do you, do you think? I, I don't mean, know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, do you have any like? Where would you like to see it go? Kind of. Well. Um, well, I'd like to see it get more kind of like affordable and right, accessible right. Yeah, by yeah. people. You know, I think that's the kind of the the biggest downside is it's is it so expensive? It's exclusive, yeah. 
Um, I guess the only way that maybe that will just happen over time as it gets more and more popular. Like it definitely seems to be getting steadily more and more popular, you know. Um, yeah. I guess it, it's the sort of thing, you know, it's kind of like it's it's a weird one because it kind of the kind of standards are very kind of like slack, you know, and there's a lot of a lot of sort of weird problems like with power and that kind of thing. Yeah. But then it's kind of a double-edged sword because at the same time that means that people come up with all this like weird and wonderful stuff you know and if it did have a load of strict rules then it wouldn't have that kind of creative kind of energy behind it and you know I I don't think you know like five years I don't know I don't know it just seems to keep growing you know it's like it's so it's it's kind of amazing as well because there's if you if you sort of spend the time and really kind of hunt out, you can get the most amazing kind of like weird, amazing modules, you know, that that maybe only sell like, you know, 20, 50 units, but they do amazing things, you know? Yep. Um, I think it's, you see a lot of racks and they're always the same, you know, they always have the same sorts of sets of modules. And I think that's a bit mm. sad because I think people spend the time and kind of really hunt it and, you know, there's still like a buoyant second-hand market. You know, people, it's easy to sort of buy and sell things, you know, if you don't like them yeah. and really kind of experiment with some of the kind of smaller manufacturers and these kind of like more sort of crazy out there ideas, you know. Yeah, I must admit, Colin, I'm definitely envious of your whole like four-time Swayman kind of filter <laughs> control. So that's your right. macro control in a way, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the um, DJ uh, macros. In a way, the, yeah, you mean the QMI 4 thing. The, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. It no, sounds that, so sick. Yeah, it, it, and it works fantastic. It's. Um, I love where you got uh, it in the rig and how you can think with it and like really like, that's the, that's the console almost. Right. Well, 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 that's kind of the thing. Like in the end, you only have two hands still. Yeah. And with those two hands, you're going to try and control everything that's going on there and figure out tricks to uh to make as much impact as you can and yeah. kind of budget your time per module <laughs> in a way yeah. if that makes sense almost no, totally, totally. so it's um uh, so it's always a matter of finding tricks how to get as much done with as little motions um uh, possible uh, yeah. without uh, without it going into generic mode in a way if that uh, no 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 uh, completely that makes have sense. you ever used anything that gives you the same feeling as that machine um as this machine here the Schwemann, you know the oh oh in that sense well it's the the Schwemann, what i really like about this one the qmf4 is um really that it's for super well designed and well sounding filters yeah on a very small footprint um yeah. i uh, I must admit that uh, I already broke the first channel uh, within the ah. first month that I had the thing, so I'm only using three channels. No way. And yeah, but it's one of those things where, at that point, I just go like, ah, oh, I, I could send it back, but then I'm, then it's gone, and I, I, that that just messes too much with my system. So, uh, <laughs> so guess I'll live with it. But um, yeah. <laughs> um, but it's that. basically I have these little filter portals. Um, throughout the entire system where uh, uh, I've started using filters as mixers lately Yeah. where just having the filter becomes my master knob for an entire group uh, yeah. 
and instead of uh, opening it up with a volume, you open it up in a frequency band, and that yeah. just kind of it's makes that sound idea. in a way. Super cool. It's, um, it's great to have. I mean, in a way, if you had all these macro controls or certain kinds of them, that you might not come up with those solutions. And yeah. those solutions maybe give you a sound, and that sound is like what we all need, you know. Well, definitely, it's like the sum of um, uh, the sum of those parts in the end. Um, yeah. Well, this definitely is a sum of the parts kind of situation that's going on here, and it's um, I really um, uh, like yeah. If those macro controllers would have been out there, I would have used them. Uh, yeah. But since they have not been there when I needed them, I kind of made my own and. Um, there's all these small little tricks, so I'm always looking for the super dumb modules <laughs> that only have like one or two functions, and that's it. And you just have like two switches on it, and you uh, yeah. and one rotary knob. And it's satisfying, isn't it? Exactly. It's like I uh, I cannot afford to spend time on a menu yeah. ever. You know, it's, is that um, like is that why you don't? Yeah, but then you do get into the three hundred one. <laughs> yeah, true, but that's. Uh, that's but the then again, with the three hundred one, that's yeah, that's the. Um, uh, but then again, with the three hundred one, it's also the one that I cannot patch on the fly. Um, yeah. Like, and then um, this thing you you recently got into the Symphonion. The Symphonion, uh, yeah, yeah. That it's doesn't actually, look like a like an easy straightforward thing. It's is it's it, not an easy it? thing. It's um uh it's uh, seriously since I've had this thing. It? Um, I'm actually studying it the same way I used to study trumpet uh, uh, back when I was uh, yeah. uh, back when I was a kid, or wow, same way that? I had piano yeah. classes and stuff like that. You like yeah. you really sit so, down with it and you have to put in yeah. time to understand it because it's not one of those. Well, I screwed it in, and the first thing I found was the arpeggiator, and that one is like, ooh, yes, and there's two knobs, and it's instant gratification. But um, but it's a bit of a shame to get like such a massive module just for the arp uh, function on it so colin do you ever do you ever think of like like uh like challenging yourself to play with like a really small system rather than yeah. using like all this modular like like when i was sort of like that's what i try and do with like stuff like the mm -hmm. squid is and also the pam like try and pack yeah. as much in so yeah. people don't need these massive systems. You know, you can get away yeah. with like nine U or even six U and do like a yeah. really kind of like varied, interesting set. Like, you know, like yeah. I have friends that do that, you know, and I find that really yeah. clever and impressive where they're having to learn like the sets yeah. of every module kind of inside out and really yeah. kind of it becomes almost like a, a kind of interesting exercise to get yeah. like this set out, you know, of, of well, such a sort of um, small I'm, amount of equipment. Well, I did, yeah, but, but there's Colin, there, Colin, there's kind of one. Actually, Colin only has really only has ten modules, but he's but he's got like sixty of each. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, that's, yeah, that's kind of true. It's yeah. like there's a there's a lot of repetition in there. Like uh, in the end, I'm still indeed only using uh, VCO, VCF, VCA in an envelope, but just a whole stack of them. But um, yeah, no, maybe, get like like a, maybe get a maybe get a Jupiter eight. Well. <laughs> 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 no, but that's kind of the thing. Like I, uh -huh. um, um, uh, if I were to, every time when I make a small setup with only a handful of modules, then it's those modules that require me to think in their logic mm, yeah. of their interface, what they mm. designed for me to play with. And a lot of the times, I find that while that feels appealing, each and every module that packs a lot of functions into it has its own design. 
uh, philosophy behind it and stuff like that, and it's not quantifiable in something that if it works in this module, it's going to work mm. in that module too. And to in my system, all, all different people's brains. Yeah, in a way it is, yeah. and it's like yeah. um, and there's another um, firmware update, and you're like, oh shit! Oh but my surely, God. But, yeah, but, but surely having like a big system of lots and lots of modules yeah. makes that problem even worse because because then you've got to like I just find that I'm way more yeah. productive with like a small yeah like like with like a small system than I am with like my big system. Like I'm like oh yeah. I've forgotten how that one works, you know. Well, and this when is I, true, if, but... I set, if I set myself up with like a yeah. small little 6U, yeah. then I, I find it a lot more kind yeah. of productive and enjoyable. Well, that's kind of the thing. I, uh, I have this filtering process of the modules that come into my system, and that is they're all one-trick ponies. Basically, mm. all my modules yeah. are, uh, are specifically one function, and they do that one function well. And there's no menu structure behind it. There's no uh, added layers behind it. There's nothing uh, of the sorts. Uh, because I have other modules that do that specific function better. And then, of course, the system grows, but um, uh, the module doesn't have to do the patching for me. I have to patch in mine myself, and mm -hmm. I can chain the individual parts in whichever sequence and order and whatsoever uh, that I can think of. And sometimes that ends up with, like... Just a couple of weeks ago, I specifically started looking for a trigger sequencer that that did not process the incoming clock um, because the patch I had in mind needed to be able to follow wonky uh, clock signals. Mm, mm, and I mm. found out that half of the sequences that I had in my rack did, um, um, uh, did some sort of extrapolation of the incoming clock signal and therefore mm, mm. would not accept an unstable clock. Mm. And all of a sudden, I started categorizing all my sequencers in terms of smart clock and dumb clock. And I found out that I prefer the dumb clocks over the smart clocks because they will always follow the orders that I give it. And mm -mm -mm. Um, it's, it's little things like that where I don't need the module to do that thinking for me because the patch that I'll be making with it will have certain specific uses of it um, yeah. that I don't need it to interfere with. Um, so it's, um, but I do get at the other hand that um, uh, there are some amazingly smart modules out there. Like for example, the ER three hundred one. Yeah, if yeah. You just yeah. take that thing and you feed it with, like, uh, if you take like two dual LFOs and, hell, I think that's all you need. You can make entire tracks just with that one mm, thing, mm, mm. and it's gonna sound fantastic. However, um. But um, I, I, that's what I mean. Like I think the the ER three hundred one is more kind of like aimed at that kind of small system. You know, yeah, it packs a definitely. lot, and it's, it's you know, and if you use it as kind yeah. of like the brain of your system, you'll yeah. get you'll get a long way with it. You know, like, true, definitely, and that's and it's uh, a little bit too it's a little bit too fiddly for me. You know, the like, the, the bow ties is going to be amazing for you though, man. Talk about being oh, like the man, dumb clock. Yes. Yeah, it'll be so <laughs> rocking. Do you know what well, I mean? Well, that's it's the just, thing. It's like. Um, uh, when when I saw that module just now, that's where I really start wagging my tail right away because it's I see like, like the most basic kind of sequencer yeah. possible almost. Exactly, which is it's nice. Um, it's satisfying. It's it's definitely yeah. really relaxing, isn't it? When you're looking yeah. at the crazy patch and you think, oh, True. geez, and then this is you just see a little yeah. light moving down. You go, well, that's what that one's doing. That <laughs> yeah, we got you know, a, we got a yeah, good little demo video with it where it's using. Nice. A PAM, but not as a clock, where it's using all the PAM outputs as offsets yep. into it. But then the clock is actually the mega slope, and it works as like this crazy little kind of yep. sequencer. But it's quantized because all the PAM offsets are quantized. And yep. like, 
another thing you can do with Pam is like you can use Pam as a um, like a macro recall thing because you nice. can just use all the offsets yep. as save oh, banks. Yeah, like some I know some people. Right. Yeah, yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. You just don't nice. use Pam as a clock. You just use it, yep. and you can save all them offsets. So people all yep. I know people that use a Pam just as like a, a patch yep. recall, just so they're like cool. recalling the offsets and a That's live awesome. set because you're getting quite a lot in like you know AHP whatever. Yeah. That's nice. I'm just I'm, I'm I'm just thinking by the way because hmm. uh, to get back to the um, yeah, just still in response of the question like would a smaller system work for me I think in a way I have actually done something like that only slightly differently I have decided to go full on 100% dogmatic and cut out everything that's not modular in my workflow and. Therefore, it's not making my system smaller or anything, but it is cutting away everything that does not fit in that workflow and makes it so that I don't have to learn anything else outside of this and mm. work with that. And that's that did help me because I noticed that um, every time when I walk towards a computer, it's I'm, I'm dead serious about that. I, um, um, uh, I just completely uh, lock up like no creativity comes out of me when I'm staring at a computer screen, for example. And the same goes you, with plugins and all you, of that stuff. It's, why do you um, find that, though? Do you find that? Because um, I normally find that when there's, like, too much choice, where there's, like, you know, I can do all this stuff, but I just yeah. don't know where to start. But then well, that's, how I, that's why I don't understand why a big system don't you hit the, uh, effectively hit the same problem. No, it's like the difference for me is that um, uh, in uh, um, I get stuck in the loop. Basically, I mm. uh, I start building on a loop and going like, hey, there's I, I can add more tracks and I can add even more and I can build on this and I can stack all these plugins yeah, on each other. Yeah, and yeah, and, and the, the, in the, there is it's, just too much choice and there there is kind of like no limitation. But then it uh, I start thinking strictly vertically and I completely lose track of the fact that there is actually a timeline w which I'm playing to and mm. that I'm actually building something on it and that's with. The modular system is uh, everything changes the moment you touch something, and uh, the time is running. Kind of like the um, uh, the tape deck, um, mm, yeah. yeah, the tape deck thing that Jamie was talking about earlier, where after twenty minutes you're done and that's it. It's um, uh, I think you while... feel these things coming when when they're happening. You know, when when yeah. you are when you're creating something and you think, okay, now I've you basically go for that sort of goosebump moment and when it's yeah. there you, sh you basically are that's done it, or at least it. a very True. very long way yeah. to where you want to be yeah that's and it's it. it's kind of like um i cannot do that on a predetermined basis like uh premeditated production for me is um doesn't work with me and uh the only way i can actually do it is by actually doing it in that exact moment and hoping to God that I'm actually recording it while I'm doing it. But it's um, when I'm preparing chunks and making a timeline out of it, um, that's the part yeah. where things just kind of go wrong for me. So it's um, by having it this way, um, yeah, you're you're playing them out and reacting to it in that exact moment and, um, and, and building your tracks from there. And it, even though it looks like music production in a way, or you can produce songs on it, it is still an instrument like a piano is, for example, and that's that's really the thing for me is like the um, um, uh, this instrument um, uh, is about composition and production, but still primarily an instrument. Whereas 
in software sequencers and stuff like that, it is primarily about production and composition where you play instruments in it. And it's that slight kind of uh, reversal of, of, of order made all the difference for me, I think. that's mm. um, And in that sense, then adding more modules to it is basically just um, an escalation of possibilities in a way, but it's still something um, that you can always bring in while you're thinking of it and play play around with it, it's 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 never really yeah, felt yeah, like a restriction. I think, in that I think sense. It's, it's I think it works different for everyone because not yeah. everybody's head works the same way. Mm, you know, if it. if right. you're um, um, if you're if you've got the kind of brain that can keep all those things um, mm -hmm. dormant while they're not necessary, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, um, and and not be dazzled by by the infinite amount of possibilities. You've got to Definitely. keep yourself on on the road. You know, you've got to keep right. yourself in um, on on the path. And if <coughs> for some people a massive system is daunting, and for others it's it's um, it's a challenge or it's a, it's a, gives a sense of freedom. Yeah. Um, I do. I think, think I belong yeah. in the first group. <laughs> yeah. I, I'd rather I'd rather sit down with a, a few p a few pieces that I really understand and and try to yeah, make something. Yeah beautiful out of it and but I mean uh, yeah it's so funny though that I had this I had an experience the other day because in my little studio I've got over there I can only bring over a small amount of stuff so I had a mm. couple of skiffs that I had lying around and I didn't like it because I was like ah oh, man I just I need <laughs> I just don't quite have the right stuff in this configuration mm. right here to really express myself <laughs> you know and yeah. whereas on this main rig it's I know how to coax a sound, even though right yeah. now I'm I'm in that horrible position of I've got a 301 patch that's really involved and it really needs the 301. It's the center of everything, and if I take that patch out, it, <laughs> it's one of those. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's taken me so long to get this bloody patch, <laughs> and I'm, I'm not, trying to I'm milk saying, it for every I'm sound I can get uh, out of it. Uh, yeah, I'm not <laughs> saying any any random. Uh, sound of exactly. here, but a but really, right. a really well planned um, setup, so, which something gives you like the... a coupe. Yeah, ah, <laughs> yeah. As if it would be as if there was modules nice. all lined together. Yeah, no, no. But you're right. I mean, look, there's there's a reason why certain synths like a 101, or you know, there's it's just they're so it's great and it's the combination of, it, of the yeah. size of the machine, mm. just like it's just the feel of it, the sound yeah. of it, the response you get. Like mm. that's that's why they become classics, isn't it? Up twenty six hundred is just like everything you touch on it sounds glorious. True. The layout is amazing. Mini Moog, it's like the layout is flawless. It's just like you understand what's yeah. going on. You you can just play, and it's like it sounds great. And it's like it's kind of simple in a way, isn't it? <laughs> it's like a but it, I mean, but also sometimes I wish I didn't have a Mini Moog because I I don't like not being able to get in there you know yeah now i want to like not think that way in a way mm. so yeah i suppose now, now you say this are there any modules out there which are going to be or maybe already are uh, as classic as as these classic old yeah right things? well pam's is up there isn't it yeah pam is definitely a classic yeah, be, one be, yeah, be yeah. nice to think so Oh, it is. You, I guess mass. No, I mean, they've got to be like some of the biggest modules ever, isn't it? Well, yeah. No, that would be cool. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <them. laughs> 
But then you've got things like those Macbeth oscillators that you use, Colin, when they sort of seem to be stand head and shoulders above other oscillators sonically. These ones. Just damn. Yeah, it's... They sound stupid. Man, I'm, I'm, I'm so happy with that. It's actually the first module I bought, and... Yeah, man. they are ludicrous. <laughs> yeah. I heard That's, those, uh, and I was like, ooh. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you just need eight of those. <laughs> Pretty much. It's, um, yeah, that's that is that has more to do, I think, with Ken's production speed than yeah, anything yeah, you can't else. Get, yeah. Oh man. Yeah. That's, no, that's the thing. I mean. Yeah. I know what you mean. Yeah. Somebody says so uh, fast. Somebody says clouds. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I would agree. I, yeah. Yeah. But then I think that just module. falls into that kind of thing, doesn't it? Of everyone gets yeah. the rings and clouds, and it. And, it, and I remember yeah. hearing a comment on the internet a while back, like, why does everyone's modular music sound the same? And I was like, wow, that's like the last thing I would DPO, say. definitely. No. Yeah, DPO, time, yeah. DPO, yeah. Well, actually, yeah. The, um, the the Herb Verb, I would say, is... Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. Sure. I love yeah, the it's, um, yeah. I, I, yeah I, definitely. I, I don't own one, but I just love yeah. it. All the, all the Toma modules are excellent. Yeah, for sure. Definitely, it's like um, uh, the Echophone is like one of those things that I still have to glue with every now and then. But the Herbfurt really just made it into my patches and never left. That's uh, sure. And it's like with the clouds. Um, uh, the clouds is 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 actually the only mutable instruments module that manages to not primarily sound like a mutable instruments module. <laughs> if you know what I mean, it's like mm, yeah, yeah. every time when I hook up the elements, for example, it sounds awesome, but it sounds like an elements yeah. and it sounds like a musical mm. instrument, and that's will always you'll always be able to pick it out. But the cloud somehow does yeah, manage to. Yeah, they all have to... this uh, very very clean glassy sound. Yeah, yeah, I don't like that about them though. That's I, yeah. Yeah. I always what happens to me every time with the mutable stuff. I'll plug it in on someone else's system and I'll for a minute I'm like oh why don't I have one of these it's so yeah. cool and then about an hour in I'm like I'm not feeling it like, true I'm not feeling That's... I'm just something about I just everyone's going QMMG in the in the comments <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> like, of course <laughs> QMMG yeah. like, it leaks and you know oh man yeah. I mean I think that's the thing if you're into if you're a sound connoisseur you're going to have an issue with a box that packs in too many sounds into a small box because you just know they have to cut corners to do that. And, and it gets a bit yeah. by the numbers, you know. Yeah, bit, and too it's off, and, but uh, though, those companies, I would always buy their control modules above their sound modules. Hmm. And But then when it comes to oscillators, I wish I had, like, more <laughs> and more flavours, but, you know, right. that's it. I've got Surge, NTOs. Got the Odessa, is it the Odessa, the Chaos? You know, that's really nice to play. That's really nice. nice. Yeah. Although, yeah, that I like that. That's that's the nicest oscillator. It's is got it? like yeah. a really crystal clean, like a really sort of. It's very digital, but like super like high that. end digital. You know, like this really. Great, you know, that's that, I really like that. It's funny, isn't it? So sometimes I'm I'm about to make uh, like an 808 from scratch kind of thing just for a challenge nice. I really want to make the symbol I've never mm. set about making that symbol and like I just got into reading about the um, the way they made that machine and I never knew that it was like six shared oscillators throughout the whole machine right 
Yeah, she got the detuned like square wave through a band pass to make the um, the six or something. Yeah, yeah, and they're all like slightly out of tune, and then you, they go through a band pass, and then that basically becomes your. Do they mix it with noise? I can't remember. No, there's no noise. It's two band pass and a high pass. See, I, I always like the 606 hats. I made a 606 hats module once. I think there's like two of them in existence. I think. Whoa, whoa. I, I, is, that, is that never... though. Pardon? There yeah, yeah, it's, it's... six or six though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not, I'm not sure. It's kind of similar to an 808, but I think the 808, all the circuits in a 808 are similar to a six or six, but they're all just a little bit more complicated. I think a little Imagine bit more. Imagine coming up with the 808 symbol. Imagine making that sound. When you look at the circuit, the, when they made it, they probably so... thought they probably thought, oh look, we've had to cut all these corners. It sounds nothing like a real no, symbol. No, it's awful. It's like no one's, intense. no one's gonna buy this. What, <laughs> what have we made? It's and that's probably what did sound. happen right for a while i know well, I, people, sometimes people it's marvel say, at that sound you know people say that all every 808 sounds different and it's true but mm, yeah. is the most noticeable instrument if you if whenever you play on somebody else's 808 the, the symbol, symbol is sounds totally unlike well that's because mm-hmm. it uses mm-hmm. all yeah. the six oscillators shared within so, the yeah. patch yeah. then mm-hmm. out of tune slightly because they're inharmonically yeah. tuned to sort of emulate a, a, a yeah. metal right yeah, and also when they were frequencies. when they were made, components had different tolerances to what they do today. So that's why the clones never sound quite the same because the tolerances right. in modern components are a lot better. Right. So and also over time, you know, them tolerances will get just like a little bit worse. You know, things age, and I think that's why they kind of all sound slightly different. You know, I'm excited to make it and tune them because some did it. Like a Stanford guy did a whole paper on all of the exact tunings of all the oscillators and every mm-hmm. frequency of the bandpass and everything. So I'm going to build it on the system, and I'm like, how do I get five, six squares? I don't know. I want the best squares I can get, and then I'm like, the problem with that is. Then I'm going to have to like attenuate six squares down. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just thinking of the gain staging is like messing with It'll my be head. all right. You'll be all right. You'll be all right. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But you know what I mean? It's just like you want it to be like this ultra hi-fi thing. Because I'm thinking if I could use like a mass, a big modular to basically do a slightly improved 808 or like an extended mm. one. Like, I think there's a, I think do, there's a yeah? dot for module that already gives you the 6D tuned Really? Square wave. Yeah, yeah. I think so. That's yeah, right. Yeah. yeah, it's the cowbell or something, right? Or uh, no? Yeah, I, 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 no, I think it's like. Do they? Is it like a? I don't know. There's definitely know a, a yeah. dot for one that does it. I think I heard it today. Actually, Snyder's bureau. There was like a demo, and I was like, "That's that sound. That kind of weird, like <clears throat> sounds like the cowbell." Because they use some of these two of them in the cowbell, right? They use two of the oscillators to do the bell. Yeah, I'm not sure about bell. the. I'm not sure That's, about the cowbell. They bell. share. They share the oscillators throughout the whole machine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, they wow. would. I would imagine I mean, they would. Isn't that so sick? Because I was like, how can you? How can you justify having six oscillators or whatever? Oh, but they'll be like really simple. Symbol. They'll be like really simple oscillators. They won't be like. They won't be like a DPO or something. They'll right. just be like, you know, a handful of components. But that's you what know, I'm they saying. won't be imagine voltage if you did that with pulse width modulation on all of those. Do you know what I'm saying? It might just sound shit. Yeah, <laughs> it'll just be like way worse. Just be like put all these fancy versions. It's all NTO and like you know SEM and 
I'm, I'm thinking I'm going to use my SEM and I'm going to use like the, you know, the NTOs and like my best <laughs> you oscillator. Got, you got the most, the most use all the worst stuff. 808 symbol ever. Yeah, <laughs> and just try and do it with the band passes and stuff. Nice but anyway, we'll see. Do you get, we'll do you get obsessed with like making certain sounds? Like I'm, yeah. I'm obsessed with like the washing machine bass. I'm, I, I, I can't work out whether that was made with like a Juno or a, like a Jupiter 6. Like what just square waves through choruses, basically. The Mentasm. I love them. The no, not the Mentasm. The, the wash- yeah, 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 yeah. The washing yeah. machine bass. You know, like I'm just obsessed with that sound. And like, it's basically just a just a square wave, like a sub yeah. through a chorus. But there's so, such kind of like variation in it. I know. And it the seems Jupiter, that every synth does it slightly differently. The Jupiter 4 that I have, is it does a really nice... It's got an ensemble, one of the Roland ones, and yeah, yeah, and if yeah. If you don't put the Jupiter Four in unison mode, the square sounds purer, obviously, because you get getting one. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's kind of key, isn't it, to that sound? You don't want unison because otherwise it gets too like. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Like on a on a Jupiter Six, it sounds more chorusy than a. I don't know. It's... Yeah, depends on the machine. Well, I, like... I I can imagine that it could be a very straightforward. Um, source, but if you listen to the rest of the track, the washing machine track, everything sounds incredibly EQ'd, you know. So it could be yeah, the same yeah, with a bass yeah, line, yeah, but it's yeah, just yeah. a really it's, dull, it's going, it's going through some line, sort of delay, the hell out of you know. Yeah, and it's going through some sort of delay line, obviously, because mm. it's being played with while it's playing. <laughs> so it could be yeah. that could be coloring it quite a I bit as well. It, I love it. Yeah. Yeah, so I good. love that. Just really making sounds. I know, but it's uh, when you do get it, it's sort of like this aha moment. Like when I got hold of the Marshall Time Modulator. You guys know what that is? Yeah, 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 yeah. Do you still have? Do you still have one? That was yeah, like I've got the, one. Yeah. yeah, I've got one. It's like, uh, and I was because for so long I was trying to work out what the flange is on Stevie Stevie Wonder's vocal. You know, every now and again he'll yeah. use like a flange on a vocal, but it's such a glassy flange. It's not. It's it's that was a Joy Division one, wasn't it? It was what the yeah. Joy Division. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Martin yeah. Hannett. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've he used this, it all over stuff. This he? is my Martin Hannett sort of dedication rig here. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Very yeah. nice. The fifteen eighty and uh, and the time modulator, man. God, God, they're good. And like that's the thing. You think why can't anyone make a module that sounds as good as that now? <laughs> Have you looked inside one of them? <laughs> Then, which one? Like inside, in, in like, inside the AMS, inside oh, the AMS delay. And then, and then you'll see why no one's bought a module of it. Oh, yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to interview the guy for the podcast. And, oh, that'd um, be wicked. Yeah, because he's kind of a kind of hard guy to get hold of, but I'm getting close. Yeah, it's like a 15-bit computer, isn't it? It's like a it's really just, weird. It's just like the whole thing is just like just rows of cards just oh, full yeah. of but i have a publisher inferno machine as well which is oh yeah 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 they're cool as well it's just dead and that's what happens yeah, when you buy that it, era of technology when it goes wrong yeah i guess no some stuff fix it <laughs> yeah some stuff's more like reliable than others though i guess isn't it like they're known for aren't they them them uh infernal machines and then nobody really notices, like, there's, there was never any sort of schematics, you know. Well, there's a guy now in in Paris that is, like, because I think the guy died and, like, he left the factory behind and there's there's one guy called Piscine Tokyo or something on Instagram. Mm. And he's, like, he's now the company, basically. He, he went to the factory, reclaimed all of the machines. It's in good hands. He really is mm-hmm. fastidious. He's amazing. And he's, like, re... He's doing the circuits, like, reverse engineer. 
Mm, like mm, if you guys mm. get hold of like a Publison like pitch shifting delay with the knobs on it, like it is so good. I mean, it is stupid. I mean, oh, whatever. Mm. I love all that stuff. I so mm. do I. That era just drives me crazy. I, it's the only stuff I can justify having in the rack because there's nothing like it. Mm, like it mm. just shits on everything else. The AMS with the chorus module is just mm. laugh. It just makes me laugh. It's just um, incredible. Yeah, I have like a. There's a guy that makes like um, new chorus controllers. Ah, uh, yes, right, Coolco. Yeah, I think it's a hideaway dude again. It's like a little like box and it plugs oh, in and Oh good, yeah. Yeah, and it gives you like a randomization or something which I don't think's on the original, I don't know. I've never it's seen expensive, mm. man. Everything's expensive in that era in that world. Mm. But you know what yeah. But comb filtering. Anything that does good comb filtering. Do you guys mess with comb filtering at all? Like have you ever had an Ursa major or anything like that? Yeah, I have oh, an Ursa. I wish. The Ursa's lovely. <laughs> Yeah, because that's my kind of dream machine. I, I love those. The space mm, they're really cool. Space yeah, station. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Again, probably nice. a machine I should have bought in the eighties. <laughs> yeah, they they are really hard to get these days. There's this. There's a. Um, there's another Ursa Major. What's it called again? It's an earlier oh, yeah. one. Mm-hmm. Um, well, there's a there's a space they, station really and then to, then the grey really one. To get them ridiculously expensive. Yeah, they're digital digital delays reverbs. Yeah. Yeah, I've, is that what the um Erverb is a little bit based on. Is oh, it, is, really? No, I'm not sure. I might be wrong. I might be wrong. It's. I think it's partly based on one. Maybe not on Ursa, but something like that. I think That's I cool. might be wrong. I don't know. I know he modelled a load of different kind of early reverbs for it, and then you know, I think he modelled. There's a talk on um, YouTube that he oh, yeah, does, yeah, and he yeah, talks yeah. about the like what. All these like early reverbs that he looked at and whatnot. So it's really cool. interesting, and the, the sort of various kind of problems with each one, which are now kind of like the the kind yeah. of interesting bits, Sorry. you know, like the Is ghost that... notes. They talk about the ghost notes in the Ursa, how people could just like tune it and it would start generating these like oh, background. Uh, I loved it. Notes. You know what? For a vocalist, like I used one at Sonic Ranch in Texas mm. when I went out there, and I heard it in my voice, and I was like, oh, it's my favorite it's my favorite delay on the voice i've ever heard because mm. it does the the kind of has effect stuff like mm. so beautifully like it just it's an it's perfect for vocals mm. it's just incredible i was like oh shit i need one of these so bad then i checked out how much they were and i was like i can't justify it i just can't I think you can still get them for a reasonable price you know no. they're not you know they're not they're miserably expensive yeah Sound gas, yeah, someone's measuring sound gas. Those yeah, guys. I think, so, well, sound gas, you're going to pay, you know, yeah. you're going to get something, but you're going to get something with a warranty and something that's been work, checked yeah. over. Yeah, you know, that's what you're, that's what price. you're paying for, basically. But they got their infernal machines repaired by the guy, Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, they're going to be, you know, you're going to get something top dollar from there, aren't you? You know, yeah, something that's not going to, right. yeah. that's been looked over properly and whatnot. Yeah, no, totally. Oh man! So guys, we've been uh, talking for two hours <laughs> and fifteen yeah. minutes. I, I mean, I'm not in a hurry, but um, my, my the battery of my uh, thing is running out. So I've, if we go on, we have to switch. I have to switch. Uh, I might have to jet because my wife is working out upstairs and our son is with her, ah, okay. and, and it's probably right. my turn. Right. But, okay. Um, well, there's there's one thing I promised uh, someone who was on our Discord server this afternoon to ask Matthew if there are hmm. any. 
if there are going to be going to be any more uh, Haswell's Tycho's no or was that no <laughs> fair enough okay no I don't mean that no but it was kind of like it was a limited edition you know that was always yeah. the you know and they were numbered and that was and I think you know yeah we could do it again but then it's like that wasn't it's kind of if you do a limited edition it's got to stay a limited edition uh, and, and they are out there I like I see them I think some jokers have tried to sell them for like silly amounts, silly amounts of money. Yeah, but no, I think if you, I've seen them, I've seen them yeah. come up on eBay and go for like reasonable yeah. amounts. You know, I think. But I don't know. Maybe, no, maybe. You're a man of your word, man. Things yeah, you know. <laughs> maybe in the future, you know, me and Russell have mentioned doing something again. Maybe in the future, you know, something different. But whether that will happen, I don't know. You know, I like, you know. It's kind of funny because it seems like it was this pretty old module now, and it's. It's not like massively different to a regular dinky. Like it is different, mm -hmm. but you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, sorry. Well, fair enough. <laughs> no worries. <laughs> um, so yeah, um, great talk, guys. Gentlemen, yeah. Nice. Thanks great, for having great us. Great to great to ramble yeah. with you all, and yeah. yeah thanks for having absolutely. me. Great to see yeah, you all sure. in good health. Oh man, and there is a whole list of things that I'm going to be googling later. Just the whole. <laughs> Oh, DX7 man, era, I skipped all that. that was... Oh yeah, don't yeah. don't try not to get involved with the '80s modulators, you. <laughs> it's too I'll do expensive. Uh, one, I'll do one more oh. plug, and that's um, uh, our Discord server. If people um, who've been watching this uh, want to continue chatting, I'll be there um, after the after the show, and um, uh, maybe one of you will hang around as well. You're welcome. To yeah, join. I can, I can, um, I can hop in for sure. Okay, so um, so yeah, thanks again, guys, and thanks right, everybody for watching. And nice. um, cool. thank you. Hope to see you again soon. Ciao, ciao. Hell yeah. Bye.